College Kings is back, everyone. It is your co-hosts, Nate Dog and CDM. How we doing, brother? I'm doing good. Sorry about yourself. About yourself. Doing great. Doing great. If you can see our little little, little graphics here, you know, we're we're, we're we're moving up. We're doing our thing. But getting on up there in the world. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're getting better every week. But yes, another great week of college football, my brother. How you, how was how was your college football weekend? I mean, we won, dude. We smacked. I was fine, dude. Jalen Melrose, the dog. He is the man. Um, there was a lot of other good games that I watched as well. Um, you know, some disappointing games. That would be Penn State, always disappointing me in the, at, at this time of the year. Fair. And then some other good games. Like, you know, we'll get into that minute in a minute. But uh, it was a lot of – it was a fun week of college football. This week is going to be a little bit different. But we're just building our way up to uh, – to championship weekend. We already have our first championship set. It's going to be the SEC championship. Mm. The Georgia Bulldogs going up against my Alabama Crimson Tide. It's going to be a fun game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's college football, man. It's getting closer and closer to the end. You know, got to take it. got to savor every moment that you have with it. That's the truth, man. It's crazy. It's almost over, bro. I started thinking, I started thinking about that yesterday. Like, dude, we are literally – pretty much at championship weekend what the heck is going on dude like, it's sad bro it's so sad it's just like the season's going by so fast and i just don't want it to end it always flies by man it's always so sad when it's over but these are the biggest games and that is what people get up and get excited for that is the beauty of the end of the season everything matters just a little bit more well let's get into it some of these massive massive games that we had last week we'll talk about those games as well as some Got a lot of got a lot of headlines going around college football. We got to talk about. Um, I mean, this it's there's a lot a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter. Teams, mm-hmm. coaches getting fired, coaches getting banned, teams ineligible because the NCAA is the NCAA. It's no shock stupid. there. Hey, no shock there. Players getting hurt, star players, star players. So we're gonna talk about. A lot of those kinds of things, as well as always giving y'all our top six teams and our Heisman candidates, our College Kings Heisman watch, and the playoff predictions. Once again, these are getting to the nitty gritty. All these ones are are getting a little tough. You know, it's getting tougher now. Teams it's are getting s- down there, man. I'm telling you. Hey, we're gonna talk about a scenario that I don't know what would happen. We're gonna talk about that later if a certain team beats a certain team and a certain team keep on winning. There's going to be some pandemonium in college football. We don't have that on the script, but we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll dive into that talk in a minute. But let's get into some of these headlines that have caught the college football world by storm. Obviously, the biggest news in college football when it comes to off the field. I guess it technically includes on the field. Is Jim Harbaugh being banned for the next three games? Second suspension of the season, dude. Massive. Six games he's missed because of two suspensions. Insane. And this is not even like this is not a good punishment at all. This is just not a good punishment, in my opinion. Like suspending him for the next three games, but he could still coach during the week is stupid. Mm. Like that, that, it doesn't even seem like this is a punishment, dude. Like it's just a slap on the wrist and keep going. Hey, you go ahead, bro. You got the floor. Like, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it blows my mind. Like, how do you get caught? How do you get caught stealing signs? And you, and I don't even know if he, I don't even think he knew about it, but I think he knew about it. Pretty sure he had to know about it. Mm. 
and you just get suspended for three games. I mean, first off, what we saw from the Penn State game and what you've told me, this they're not going to be able to beat Ohio State with this coach, in my opinion. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think this coach knows what's in front of him when it comes to playing Ohio State, the the number one team in the country when yeah. they're really not. Yeah, um, But three games is not enough, dude. Three games is not enough at all. I feel like, you know, they're playing victim a little bit. Well, the Michigan Wolverines are kind of playing victim. Bro, they went for it on fourth and two. What the heck was that on their third dude, Buff- yard? Dude, Buffalo is stupid. Okay. Whew, sorry, my Denny football. But no, like they're trying to play victim because I saw everybody, every Michigan player put on their on their Twitter, bet, 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 bet what, dude? What are you trying to play victim for? You literally got caught cheating. Like there's no playing victim at all. You're not a victim. If there's victims, it's everybody that you played. Hey, did you see Jim Harbaugh said uh, they're America's team now? Yes, dude, and that was BS. You're not America's team, okay? There is a, like there is a fine line. From America's team and Michigan, you're not even near that, bro. You got caught cheating, and now you just get a slap on the wrist and keep going. He'll be back for the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, they'll be back. He'll be back coaching. It makes no sense to me that this kind of like these circumstances happen. And if it was any other head coach, depend like any other head coach in a Power Five conference that's not named Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh. Ryan Day, somebody like that, somebody with a big name like that, they're getting fired. They're out of the door. ASAP, there's no investigation going on. They're going to get caught and they're going to get fired. I don't know what the NCAA is seeing to keep Jim Harbaugh around, more or less keep Michigan around in the playoff talk when they get caught like this. This was the Big 12, I mean Big 10 though, not the NCAA. NCAA still hasn't filed uh, or done anything. Well, I don't see what the, I mean, I understand with these private conferences with every Big 10 coach and the commission for the Big Ten, I mean, there's evidence, bro. There's clear, thought-out evidence that they got caught cheating. And, yes, other stuff came out about other Big Ten schools doing the same thing. There should be a wide, a whole wide investigation, but it all started with Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Michigan, for them having to play the victim – for them to play the victim card, for them to still be eligible to be, uh, be in the playoff race is insane. They should not, dude. I mean, they're stealing. They're going to steal an opportunity away from a school that actually deserves to be in the playoffs. And if they go on, if they go on to win a national championship, I feel like it shouldn't even count. I feel like it should be a vacant win because there's no way, there's no way you can tell me that this is just like this is not right for college football. It's not right for college football at all. It's showing people that you can kind of get away with stuff like this and nothing and like barely any consequences happen to you. It makes no sense to me. I can't stand it. I feel like Michigan should not even be considered a playoff team at this point. Um, yeah, they're playing good ball. Offensive line's playing great and everything, but at the end of the day, you got caught cheating. And cheaters should not be able to prosper. And it, right right now, the saying is cheaters pro- cheaters never pro- cheaters always prosper, something like that. And that's what's happening right now. They're getting their way, and it makes no sense to me. I can't stand it. Yeah, we glitched a little bit there, but, um, dude, yeah, no, I did did think it's both of us. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it's insane what's going on right now when it comes to college football, and I, I try to, I try to understand both sides. Like, I, I I do believe, man, we are glitching hard. Yeah, we are lagging bad. Let's see. All right, I think we're good now. No. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. Um. Yeah. I mean, this is a uh, the developments in this story just keep on like it's just 
the plot thickens every single time um uh we find something out new the the crazy part is that i i saw on a story or in a, his interview post game not post game i guess his presser his presser he said that he found out about being fired on social media which is just like it's like exactly how i expected it, it him to find out because it just doesn't feel like anybody is understands how to control this situation at all like there's a part of me it's like how can you first of all how can you suspend them if you don't have evidence right and if they don't have evidence that's just an entirely another story that if he's not involved or if he is logically you could probably say logically that he had at least a slight knowing like at least he said someone said something he said just don't 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 say it out loud like I didn't hear that type of thing, you know, like maybe he wasn't encouraging it, but maybe he was just like, ah, don't say that around me type of thing. Keep your mouth shut around yeah. me. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. But when it comes to, you know, this whole situation with them now filing a restraining order as well, it's it's intriguing to see if they're going to get that that, you know, appeal in their favor, that restraining order in their favor, and he can come back against maybe Maryland or even Ohio State, which would cause even more chaos because, I mean, they are already, and I hate it for the players more than anybody, that they're going to always be looked at as a cheating team. And it and if it comes down to one rogue staffer and a couple of other staffers, man, I hate that for that team because this team is so talented. They are so good. And Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he's been caught up in a couple things recently, but his most recent one was because he gave us a, a recruited cheeseburger. And then the, this one is, yeah, that was before, you know, they could pay players. And that's why oh. he got suspending at the beginning of the year. And and now you get this, and it's like Jim Harbaugh has not really had much controversy around him in, in, in totality of his career. So there's a part of me that says, man, do I think Jim would do it? I don't know, Jim, so I can't say yes or no. All I know is all these coaches are looking for any competitive competitive advantage they can get. So I believe any coach would do this. I believe there's more coaches doing this. So my biggest takeaway is this is I think this is just the 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 start of an ins- what? Oh no! Yeah, yeah, there it is. Jeez. Um, Pop that ball right out. I just think this is the start of something even bigger than just a Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. This is going to be the – we're opening a can of worms with how many teams might be doing this, how many teams are going to get caught doing this. And it's crazy that once you get rid of one controversy with these players getting paid and now you get another controversy with the sign stealing, you get these rogue staffers coming out, these whistleblowers saying, that's what I was doing, the same thing as Stallion. You know, I, I I was doing exactly what Connor Stallion was doing. So there's a lot to take away from this. My biggest thing is if they can get this, you know, tra- this restraining order in, they they I don't know how that all works, but like if it goes in their favor and he comes back early, man, there's gonna be a lot of chatter. It's gonna oh, get, dude, it's, it's gonna loud. be it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an eruption in college football. Yeah. Like everybody's going to be pissed off about it, dude. If they get this lawsuit done. Speaking of lawsuits, you see the Lane Kiffin got a lawsuit against him, but now he's trying to get it dismissed. Yeah, that one's weird. Yeah, yeah I, so I should have put it I'm in th- here. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, so what I'm talking about. So a defensive uh, defensive player for Ole Miss 
uh, did not show up for two weeks because of mental health reasons. We take mental health very seriously here. Um, didn't show up for two weeks. Coaches, everybody reaching out to him, and he never answered. Lane Kiffin was asking to speak with him. He said he wasn't ready. So Lane pulled him in the office and said, you know, he said some choice words, said some very choice words, but he put it down in a hard way to where, you know, a lot of people were giving him a lot of slander for it, but a lot of people right. are praising him for yeah, it hold because it, hold it real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this for us real fast here. Let's see, let's see. Viewer discretion is advised for language. Let's get to Twitter. Play. Come on now. Don't fail me now. I can't hear it. Dang it. Why is it doing this? All right. Let me do some work. CDM, you get back to your topic here. Well, Lane Kiffin told him, like, you know, do as you said, as, 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 uh, as it said on the screen, you know, do your research about mental health because we can't kick you off the team. He got kicked off the team because you show up, you don't show up for two weeks. You don't call, you don't email, you don't talk to your coaches for two weeks. Apparently, it was multiple, uh, probably two or three weeks he didn't talk to him at all, and he's expecting to play. And when the coach, when the head coach asked to talk to you, you go and talk to the head coach. He said, I didn't want to at the moment. He said, well, you can get out then. You're done. You're off the team. Um, do your research about mental health because we can't kick you off the team because it's an obligation. You go to school because you go to school. You go there to get an education. Once you hit the football field, once you hit that facility, it's your job. You're obligated to do your job. If I call in for two weeks for mental health reasons and I don't answer calls, if I if I don't answer their calls for multiple weeks at a time, I'm going to get fired. That's how the job. That's how a job works. And you know, if mental health is the, if your mental health was that bad, why weren't you reaching out? Why weren't you getting more help from your coaches who obviously were trying to help you through what you were going through? Mm-hmm. It made no sense to me. And it also showed me that this kid probably probably was not taking this subject uh, as a serious matter as to not do his, uh, fulfill his obligations as a player. Because once again, there's people right behind you that are willing to go out and do what you want to do at a better level than you can. And once again, we take I take mental health very seriously, just as everybody else should. But if it's that serious and people are trying to reach out for you, you take the help that you can get. Mm. But for him to not for him to not answer his his coach's phone, every other coach that called him, Lane Kiffin, who reached personally reached out to him. It showed me that his obligation and his mind were not in the right area. But yes, if he does have mental health, probably did have something to do with that. But once again, if you're refusing the help. Whoa. What's going on? Nate? See you. Oh, you said, oh, my bad. Um, Did you you not hear that? I heard your mic. Did you hear that echoing? Yeah, I did. That's what I was asking about. Okay, hang on. We're going to. And we're back. Sorry. About okay. That. We had some we're right technical here. Difficulty okay. There. Awesome. But as I was saying, um, obviously this player did not take it to a serious matter as to not take help. And, you know, if you have mental health, always reach out to somebody that you know, that you love, that you're comfortable with, because that is a very serious matter that's going on in the United States right now. Hmm. Um, for everybody, men, women, children, 
um, take it very seriously and reach out to people that need help and make sure you check on your friends, but also for this player, fulfill your obligation as a player on that football team. And obviously he did not, you can get kicked off for doing something like that. And I think Lane Kiffin did a good job at what he did uh, for taking advantage, um, not advantage uh, initiative in the situation. Um, yes, he may have said it in a heart in a kind of a harsh way that most people think it is, but at the end of the day, he's a head coach. So he's thinking the better he's thinking for better for his team rather than, you know, than one situation at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. I'm going to, Let's see if we can hear this now. Sorry for these technical difficulties. I am trying something that might not work. Let's see. Let's see if this works here. Let's go to Twitter. All right. Let's go here. Play. Huh? Do you mm -hmm. hear it? I don't hear it. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried. All right. I tried. Yeah, but at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, he got kicked off the team because he refused to contact his coaches, especially the head coach who you have to talk to. Um, but yeah, that's another big thing that happened in college football this weekend that was getting a lot of talk. But another thing about another head coach that happened, am I going along with the script completely? Am I going at the right direction? Or can I uh start this hey, one? Hey, go straight ahead, bro. Yeah, um Jimbo Fisher got fired. As you can as Nathan says, I am the prophet. I am the man who called this last pod. I said, maybe it's time to flip the chapter on Jimbo Fisher. And Texas A&M pulled the trigger on that one right there and said, hey, you're done. You're out. And now they have to pay this man $76 million. So, you know, kind of a win-loss situation. Uh, but at the end of the day, Jimbo Fisher did not bring to the table what Aggie fans and what Texas A&M was promised when he was um, – hired as the head coach when he was hired people were expecting at least a new year six appearance possibly an sec appearance and maybe at the end of the day a playoff appearance or national championship and we never uh they never got close to that never got close to him and yet again yeah he did come off an impressive 51 point win against mississippi state but he's never had an amazing season that really took your breath away like oh yeah the aggies are here yeah the aggies are going to take over the sec west Jimbo hasn't done anything. Jimbo has beaten Nick. Jimbo beat Nick Saban one time. You can call that the highlight of his career because mm. that's about the only thing that you can. I mean, there's nothing, nothing good came out of the Jimbo Fisher years. Yeah, you went to bowl games and you won, but you went to bowl games. You never went to an SEC championship game. You never even were a legit threat to make a playoff game. Um, he never had a losing season. He did have some really bad seasons for his sick, for being there for six years. But he never had like a really bad losing season. He was just never he never prom he never brought what he was uh, what he promised, and that was everything that I've mentioned. But I feel like at the end of the day, Jimbo Fisher was always getting out coached these past couple of years that he never could get over the hump of beating the certain teams that he needed to beat. Granted, he did beat Nick Saban, but then Nick Saban came back the year after, and then the year before, and then the year after that, and beat him. I mean. And he, ne like, he never could get over that hump. When he was at Florida State, he was the king of college football at that point. He was the pinnacle. Like Florida State was apparent. Like Florida State was back when he, when him and Jameis and all of them were on that team. And then comes to Texas A and M, finds out what SEC football is all about, mm. and realizes it's not a cupcake walk. It's legit. Like I mean, no disrespect to the ACC either. Cupcake. Florida State's killing it over there. Cupcake. But I mean. This is not a cakewalk over here. This is like if you want to play some good football, come play with the big boys over here down south. I mean, that's where we're at. 
And he just ne- – like, I've never been a big fan of Jimbo Fisher, especially since he started talking smack about Nick Saban. Never liked him. Um, but I think Texas A&M made the best move of getting rid of him and poss- possibly starting off new. There are certain names that are floating around in the uh, coaching train for the Texas A&M job, Dan Landing being one of them. Stephen A. Smith pointed out this morning that he would like to see primetime prime Deion Sanders there. Because, I mean, look at the talent they have on that team, bro. Money. Look at the talent. The I mean, money. I mean, once again, money can buy you. Money can buy you recruits, but it can't buy you wins. And that's one thing Jimbo never could understand is like, yeah, you had the best. You had one of the best recruitment classes of all time. But ultimately, where did that get you? Mm. It didn't get you anywhere. It got you to a bowl game. There. But whoever like. Whoever gets that job, you're either going to have a room full of talent or the transfer portal is about to be Texas A&M players nonstop. It's about to be insane. Um, How did you feel about Jimbo getting fired? Yeah, man. I mean, this one, uh, I got to give it to you, bro. I got to give it to you. You saw it coming before anyone else did. And, I mean, it was the writing was on the wall. Like, no one's going to just act like it was like, oh, my God, this is so shocking. It was just a little shocking. It happened after a 51-point, 51-10 blowout. Yeah. Beat the snot out of Mississippi State, and they, they fired the guy. But, yeah, like I said, the writing was on the wall. It was about time. And, you know, I think uh, the AD came out and said that they were just stuck in neutral. Like, that's all it felt like. And that, I couldn't agree more. Like, their biggest win – you may have said it. I was working on some things over here, but I mean, their biggest win's Bama. You know, that's their biggest win since Jimbo's been there. Is, is and that was two years ago. Yeah, and that and that wasn't even like the best Alabama team. Like that was his biggest win since being at A and M. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you want to beat Bama as many times as you can. If you're an LSU coach, it's required to beat Bama. You know, and but you also got to win the other games to get into the. SEC championship, you know, exactly. they weren't even close. Like they haven't been had an, even one season where it's been like remotely close, you know? Mm-mm. So in, it's interesting because I do think Jimbo is a good coach. I just don't know. I just don't know if uh, the SEC's for him. I think he can go to a lot of places and turn around a lot of programs. Hey, so I mean, he's won a championship. Right now. Hey, hey, go to the hey. – I, I wore it for yeah, me. he. I mean, yeah. As you were saying, yeah, he did win a championship. He won a. He's a national championship coach. Like it's not like it's this most far fetched thing that he can't he can't win in places. I just don't know if, if Texas A&M was the spot, man. Like, I do believe if he had stuck it out, you know, waited a little bit longer, he would have been LSU's coach. Who knows what would happen there? Everyone had tied him to LSU for. Years and years and years and years and years. And I was always the same way with him. Like, I don't know about that. I don't know about Jimbo. You knew you were going to win some games. It was just there's always that extra element of do you win the big ones? Are you going to get to the championship? And uh, as much as I got, I got respect for Jimbo. But I also know that, like, all right, you couldn't win with this recruiting class that you had. Like, bro. All right, bro. Like, I know you had quarterback issues, injuries. That's football, you know. You got to be able to mm-hmm. overcome those kinds of things. So, uh, I was a little shocked that it happened after a fifty-one point, fifty-one to ten win. Well, they're still keep they're still keeping him on as the offensive yeah. analyst until yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, which is honestly smart. Smart, you know. It's kind of it is smart. It's kind of Coach I mean, Oe, you know. Like, hey, we're going to keep him to the end of the year, and he's going to move on. But we are going to get rid of him, you know. Kind of start that head coaching, you know, pull 
But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, as I as I said, it's a win lose situation because I mean, at the end of the day, he's getting a bag. Like he's getting paid, and that's the question. Like like twenty like twenty twenty seven. Does he even coach? Does he even coach anymore? You know, I wouldn't, dude. If you're getting paid seventy six million dollars, he's got a good personality. He could just go to TV. You know, like why? Yeah, he could just be a broadcaster. Just go to like CBS or something like that. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Like, Coach O dipped after he got his bag, which I do believe Coach O will come coach again. A lot of people are saying that state job might be the job that he wants to go to, which, hey, that might just lead us right in to Mississippi State. We're not going to stay too long on this one, but Mississippi State did fire their head coach, Zach Arnett, after their 51-point, 51-10 loss to Texas A&M. This one makes more sense. This yeah, one, this one seems more logical, but I don't even know who Zach Arnett is. So I mean, it, it, this I ain't gonna I ain't gonna stay too long on it. Obviously, the whole situation with Mike Leach, Leach last year and the tragedy that uh, happened to that team, and, so you know, and, and that entire area in Starkville. But um, and he was so loved and awesome. I mean, I still see highlights of him post game and talking, and it's just like this guy. This guy was this clever. Dude. He had such a good personality, and um, and it felt like this was a an emergency hire and I don't want to take like I don't want to talk bad about anybody when it comes to something like this but oh, I like like this guy was only hired because he was on Mike Leach's staff and they wanted to bring someone in that had that you know camaraderie and I get it but when you lose a coach like that it almost feels like it, you might need to just blow this whole thing up you know hey man, and there's only one pirate in this league man yeah there's only one pirate it just felt like they're trying to hold on and then they didn't hold on completely because they didn't do air raid this year and Will Rogers was playing his best ball in the air raid and you know and it never felt like Zach Arnett wanted the job in my opinion like and that's easy to say sitting on the couch, you know, with my remote control in my hand. That's easy to say, but like it just never felt like he was the guy. He he was it never felt like he was a guy when it came to coaching. Just was given a, the job and tried to do his best and it just didn't work out. And that he just didn't motivate this team. This is this feels like a could be like a Raider situation where, you know, he's out the building. Maybe this team kind of pulls off some upsets, you know, might be Beat the snot out of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Hard task this weekend for them. <laughs> oh, that's just a terrible game. That's just trash. That's not a fun game. There's some state fans at work that believe Southern's going to win this game. I'm like, you just don't know <laughs> that Southern <laughs> is just as bad. <laughs> just as bad, man. Like, they're yeah. terrible. Like, but this it, game, this game could be good, honestly. It, it'd be interesting to see what they do against Ole Miss, in my opinion. You know, they're going to be playing their – they're gonna be playing their butts off. I don't think they win, but they're gonna go. It's it's a rivalry game. It, it, that defense is gonna get cooked by that offense. Oh, it's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be horrible. Now, Jackson Dart. I'm expecting Jackson Dart to put up at least four touchdowns. Oh, yeah, Dart got hurt. Oh, I want hope he get gets back. This, this oh well, guess what? You got Spencer Sanders right by him. Hey, hey. I, I, I mean, was a Spencer Sanders defender for too long. No longer can't do that anymore in my life. But, uh, yeah, start. man, that's all I really had to say about old Zach Arnett. It was time to make the move, and some people wish they would have waited at the end of the season. That's nah, not me. I think this was a move that you just kind of had to make. See, hey, State fans, thoughts. I think I heard Jimbo Fisher's hiring. I heard Jimbo Fisher needs a job. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you just got to pay him a bag. got pay him a bag. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh-uh-uh. But then, um, didn't someone get hurt this weekend? 
Yeah, we did. We had a big time player go down for Texas, man. This is a this is a, some sad news. You don't ever want to see something like this happen to a, a team in the top ten. But yes, Texas is running back Jonathan Brooks tears his ACL out for the season. Massive, massive uh, injury. A guy that's really been playing, you know, some unbelievable ball. You could you could probably argue the he best was back in the country. That's that literally just took the words right out of my mouth. You could argue that. So good. He is ridiculously talented and was leading that offense without, you know, uh, Quinn Ears in there. And you lose a guy like that to uh, just a tough injury for running backs. Obviously, the ACL tear is not nearly as bad as it once was. Like, these guys get back in six to eight months now with the ACL. But, um, I mean, yeah, like, literally, there's only, like, two other running backs you could put in that conversation and one of them didn't have a good day at all this past weekend against UCF for Oklahoma State Ollie Gordon and then uh, Bucky Brooks and and Bucky's just that's just he's he's fun to watch man wait Bucky Brooks or Bucky Irving well well I said Brooks I meant yeah Bucky Irving yeah Oregon's running back yeah uh yeah so losing losing this running back for Jonathan Brooks to Texas that's a big loss mm. it's a very big loss in that offense that brings it all together i mean you have Xavier Worthy you have Quinn Ewers you had Jonathan you had Jonathan Brooks you had um who's that Georgia transfer that wide receiver Mitchell uh, yeah um, I, I mean that offense is loaded offense, offense is fire but losing a run like losing him is going to be I don't think it's going to be that big uh going down or well, I mean going into the stretch right now it is kind of a big loss never mind I retract that statement mm-hmm. um it is kind of a big loss for him going down this stretch of games cuz you're about to get into championship week um you're about to you're about to like figure out if you're going to be a playoff team or not. And you really needed him. And I mean, once again, he's probably been the best back all season long. I mean, the explosiveness the downhill running the um, being able to read the line and find the gap that you, that he needs to get into and just getting outside and being able to make plays. I mean, he was, I mean, he's so good and losing a player like that. It may, it may push your team and may push your team a little bit harder. It may push them to put uh play a little bit harder now, but I mean, that just means the next guy behind him has got to step up and uh, fill those big shoes that he left behind. But you know, hope him. I hope he has a safe and fast recovery. Um, but they're gonna have to figure out, you know, how they're gonna how they're gonna run the ball now. Who's gonna be their guy? You know, you got to reach back into that running back room and see who's gonna be the next guy to step up. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy world when it comes to that injury world. When it comes. To the running backs, I mean, you never want to see a player go down at that caliber. He had, you know, some really big hype going into this, you know, in stretch of the season, and now, dude, there's another turnover. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! Another bill, and the Broncos got the ball. It's James Cook's second fumble. Oh my gosh! Mm-mm-mm. Oh man, this is disgusting. Oh no, Josh Allen dropped the ball. Josh Allen just dropped the ball. Oh, what the Yeah, it's just that was just bad, bad, just bad. Uh, oh. Iowa quarterback breaking news. Iowa quarterback Petrus has entered the transfer grad uh, entered the transfer portal as a grad transfer. <laughs> oh god. Dude, he was super so duper bad. senior. That dude was so bad at football. Man, he's not gonna oh, he's he'll get picked up by somebody, but like D two, you know. Hey, D two <laughs> championship games are happening this weekend. The playoffs start for D two bad uh, football. So uh, hey. Yeah. Speaking of D two, um James Madison, who recently just moved up hey, from D two undefeated season, can't even play in the postseason this year. Mm. 
cannot even play. Nathan, explain why they cannot play in the postseason. Yes, hashtag free JMU. It's a first of all, it's a it's a whole thing, and it's hard to fully grasp, I guess. But the biggest points are. All right, so I'll just lay this out for you. They are technically ineligible because any team reclassifying uh, to FBS that wasn't in FBS uh, cannot participate in a bowl game for t- for two years. All right, and two years. This is actually in in basketball. It's four years. <laughs> Well, how does that make sense? I don't understand I at all. Just, I would just uh, not play. I would just not play basketball yeah. for four years. I mean, yeah, and it's thanks to the NCAA rule. And I don't understand why you can't, you know, overturn that. Uh, let's see. It says the and the university did file an appeal in uh, November six, uh, which has denied two pre and they've denied two previous uh, requests. Um, I mean, this is crazy. You know. This is more than just, you know, missing out for these players, you know, which they deserve. They are 10-0, and 0, undefeated. They deserve. Yeah. To, Leading their conference. You know, they deserve to play in the big, big games. I mean, this is a New York Six Bowl team if they went out, and they don't, they're not going to get that opportunity. And uh, the biggest thing here, too, is also the money this school's going to miss out on, bro. Oh, my God. You know, a Insane. big a Sun Belt championship, a a big time bowl game. I mean, it's ridiculous. I get it. They violated some rules, and you gotta, you gotta punish teams. But this is ridiculous. Oh, we're gonna talk about punishing teams. Broke we're rules. About- it's not even breaking rules. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. This is reclassifying. This doesn't make. About any to say sense. like that's not breaking rules. If we're gonna talk about breaking rules, just go ahead and just hop on Michigan's ass for a second. Like right, there's like there needs to be repercussions there. This is not repercussions, man. This is just like. This is reclassification, bro. This is them trying to move up and play against better opponents and show the country, like, hey, come play at our university. Hey, we're actually a legit team. And now they don't even get the opportunity to show that. And as you said, dude, they're missing out on, like, millions, mm. millions of dollars. It's so ridiculous. I don't understand it to the even slightest extent. I feel bad for them because I watched them last week. And I mean, this team's good. Like, they're a good football team. I'm excited to see them on college game day this week. They're the – them versus App State. That's an interesting Sun Belt matchup that I will be tuning into because the Golden Eagles are in the Sun Belt. Um, we're, we're sadly not in the championship uh, running here because we are ass. Three and seven. Ass. But hey, back to back wins. We're right back on track. Um, uh, we're going to beat State. I don't, think uh, could, I don't think he could say that. Uh, to the top. But for James Madison, ridiculous. Not much else to say. Like, there's. They've done everything they can, and they've filed another waiver or appeal to get this stupid rule fixed for a team that legitimately could make a run for a New York Six Bowl game. Like, dude, this is so stupid. This is so freaking stupid. You know, this team is – I remember when Coastal Carolina got the big games, and everyone was – you know, and that's different. I know. No one batted an eye. I get it. It's a rule, but it's the stupidest – freaking rule i've ever heard if you can win in a d2 and come to d1 and still win and go undefeated at the moment like go undefeated why are you penalized for that that doesn't make no dude it just shows i mean that just shows it shows like shows absolutely nothing that the committee cares i mean like the ncaa NCAA doesn't care it's so stupid the ncaa is so stupid isn't that hashtag free jmu hashtag free jmu our thoughts and prayers go out to them because they're balling, dude. Like, they're dogs. They're dogs, man. I hate to see it, but, uh, yeah, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. 
That's pretty much going to do it for us. There is one last fire that we'll talk about. The Penn oh, yeah. State Nittany Lions fired their offensive coordinator, Mike Yurick. Yurick? 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 Who cares? He's a bum and he's out of there now. How do you like this dude was terrible? This dude's awful. Like his offensive play scheme was trash. Terrible. Like I've never seen a team not take no deep shots down the field. I think they take like maybe one or two deep shots down the field. And they're like, it's like one once a game. You have so much talent at quarterback. I don't even think they do that many times, bro. No, probably not. I think they have the least amount of big plays, 20 yard plays in the country, bro. Dude, that's terrible. Like you do, like I know you want to like I know you can win football the old fashioned way, but you got to have explosiveness. You got to have explosive plays that get your team downfield. And he did not have any, especially with Drew Aller being the quarterback that he has. Finally, like a quarterback that Penn State desperately needed, and you don't have anybody on the outside to throw to him for him to throw to at all. You're throwing the you're you're doing these little dump out you're doing these little dump off plays they get you like five six yards, but ultimately you can't get down like you cannot push the ball downfield like that. Nope. You have to load up like six step drop back and launch it deep. I mean, literally, you have the next Josh Allen on your team throwing the ball, and you're not letting him unleash the cannon. You're not letting him use the arm talent that God gifted him to make your team better. But ultimately, if you want to make the team better, get him some players to throw to. But they made the right decision of firing this bum. Dude, was trash. Trash. Get them out of there. Number, they are ranked number 72 on offenses in the country. Yeah, there's some good teams in here, but it's the eye test, man, more than anything. Like, they've had oh, games yeah, the where eye they test these past couple weeks. Yeah, well, they put up. They have games where they put up fifty against these bums, and then they they can't do anything against the good defenses, and that's what it. Matters. Yeah, literally, they put they shut out Iowa thirty one nothing, thirty one nothing, and they, then they beat just, the snot out of a team the week before uh, Michigan. Who was it? Um, oh, part like Madison Central, something like that. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't think it was I don't know that bad. some like some bum team, bro. It's like the school, the blind and poor. <laughs> Madison Central talking about a damn high school team. Talking about a high school team. <laughs> I got to see. They they played a decent team and beat the snot out of them. It may have not have been a decent team. Uh, yeah, Maryland. They put up 51 against Maryland. Like Oh, oh that's who Michigan has to play this weekend. That's going to be bad, then. Um, really bad. But, I mean, hey. They know the signs. It's okay. Yeah, they're right. You're right. You're right. But that ain't got much to say. Good move. Maybe he'll save James Franklin another year, even though I don't know if he deserves that job anymore either. But we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Let's get on to the week 11 recap, brother. Amazing games this week. You had yourself really fun game. an amazing game as an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. And they might just, be, they might just be the hottest team in the entire country. Hey, CDM, CDM give me your thoughts here. On man, we're looking we're looking like hot fire right now, dude. We are cooking like this offense is finally the offense looks the part, the defense looks the part, mm. the coaching staff looks and feels the part. I'm still a little iffy about Tommy Reese when it comes to playing Georgia. I don't know how he's going to do because that's a big team, and usually when Tommy Reese has to coach against big teams, he kind of sh- uh, you know craps the bed. But other than that, we look that Alabama is finally looking like how they were in midseason form, how everybody expected them to look at the beginning of the season. It may have taken some time for them to look like that, but now they're hitting it on the right track. Getting an early loss at the beginning of the season is not bad. 
but getting like hitting your peak right now or going into the peak of your game of of the season right now is perfect timing for Alabama, mm-hmm. especially going into especially now that they clinched the SEC West and are going to play in Atlanta against Georgia for the SEC championship. It's perfect timing. Jalen Milrow, six total touchdowns, absolute unit of a man. I'm talking about. I mean, I, I, I mean, I. I I'm speechless. I'm speechless to where he's come from since the beginning of the season to the middle of the season till now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see the improvement, the confidence that he's built as a player, and that that builds confidence in players around him. That makes your team. That makes your teammates want to play better for you, like you're playing for them. Kevin Steele, a defensive coordinator, out coaching everybody right now, playing coaching phenomenal games on the defensive side of the ball. We look complete. Nick Saban does not look so as pissed off as he was at the yeah. beginning of the season. Fair. He still does get pissed off because you know that's the way he is. It's okay, you know, when you're the when you're the goat, it's okay. You're allowed to. But Alabama is finally playing like the team that everybody thinks they are now, like every, how everybody expected them to play. And it's amazing, you know. Um, it's awesome. It's finally feeling like we have a legit chance to make a playoff run to run the table. Mm. I think we can run the table, but we need just two things to happen. In my opinion, we need the biggest two things. We need Texas to lose a game mm. and we need to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Mm. Everything else around us, you know, PAC 12 team losing um, Florida state, uh, Florida state possibly losing a game, probably not going to happen. Um, uh, Ohio state, Michigan playing at the end of the season. That's going to be big, but if we have Texas lose a game and we beat Georgia, there's no way you can't tell me that Alabama's not in the playoffs. If Alabama wins out, wins the SEC, and Texas loses the Big 12, no matter what, you have to put Bama in the playoffs. But we are looking fine. We are looking on fire. We have caught lightning in a bottle and we are running with it. Um, this team looks amazing. This team looks good now. This team looks like a legit threat. This and once again, nobody wants to play this team right now. You're not going to want to play this team if you are scheduled against Alabama. You don't want to play them right now because mm. they're pissed off. They're ready. They're hungry. They want everything that's coming to them right now. They want all the smoke. Jalen Milrow wants all the smoke coming his way. He heard all the chit chat. He heard all the chit chat at the beginning of the season. Oh, this dude's a bomb. Oh, this dude's not good. Oh, he can't throw. Oh, he's stupid. He's making stupid decisions. I eat my words, dude. I totally, because I was that person. I was honest to God, that person who said that. But I have apologized. I've already said it before. I apologize. (laughs) That was me. I said that. I said that. That was me. And now I apologize again. I mean, this team is just looking phenomenal. And the defensive side of the ball is the, um, the defensive side of the ball is good, but the offense has impressed me more than anything because Tommy Reese finally has come to his own and formed the offense around Jalen Milrow. So we played really good. Um, you know, it was Kentucky. Kentucky put up a good fight, but at the end of the day, we put them down. So, uh, you know, roll tide. We're here. We're here to stay. Mm. Georgia, get ready. See you in Atlanta December 2nd. Oh, the call out. I love it. Hey, let me throw this at you real quick before I go on my tangent here on go Bama. Ahead. Is it really possible that we might get a playoff with no SEC teams? There's no, there's no way. There's no way you have to have the SEC. There's no way on God's green earth. There's no way on God's green earth you do not put an SEC team. Nobody's going to watch it. Nobody's going to watch it. Fair. 
fair. No, nobody's going to watch it. You got to have at least one SEC team in there for people to watch it. What do you think? You think people are going to want to watch people like Michigan and Florida State and you know Washington and another bun, another school like Texas? You really want to watch Texas in a playoff game? You really want to watch Texas get the absolute dog crap beat out of them? By Ohio State or Florida State, like honest to God, no, you got to have an SEC team in there because you know why? That's what brings in the freaking money. That's, that's what sad. brings in the that's what brings in the dough. Okay, nobody nobody goes to watch Big Ten and ACC and Pac twelve playoffs, bro. Nobody pays money for that. You pay to go watch the SEC dominate, and that's what the SEC does, and that's what they will always do. So yes, if the committee does not put an SEC team in the playoffs, they're off their chain, dude. They're stupid. SEC is making the playoffs this year, no matter what. And it's, it's going to be Bama. It's going to get loud if they don't put an SEC. Oh, dude, it's going to be so. It's going it, to be disgusting. It might get louder though if if Bama beats Georgia. Texas wins the Big 12. Oh, I'm going to be pissed. I was talking about that today, Nathan. I will be so pissed off if they do not put us over Texas. Because I'm telling you right now, if Texas goes and loses, like if they win their Big 12 championship and we beat the number one team in the country, you can't tell me we're not bet. You can't tell me we're not in. You can't tell me that. Who has Texas beat besides us? To really think that they are a legit opponent. They beat us week two. Congratulations. You won your Super Bowl. If that's your national championship, congratulations. You won it. You're done. Oh, my God. (laughs) Round of applause for the Texas Longhorns. We're back. No, you're not. You're not back. Shut your mouth. Sit down. You're done. Okay? You're not. No. SEC is going to be in the playoffs this year, and it's going to be either Texas or – I mean, either – well, that – next year that's next year it's either going to be georgia alabama or hell both of them if if it's a one loss georgia are you really going to boot out a one loss georgia Mm -hmm. Mm. it's it's so interesting man i mean does beating the number one team in the country avenge your loss to texas but if Bama's if bama's beating georgia is georgia the best team in the country and how loud would texas fans be after beating Bama and getting jumped by them, man, the committee is rooting for Texas to lose or Bama to lose. Man, I promise. Oh, you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the state of Austin would have an uprising. Oh my god, it would oh. be bad, dude. Like, they might that might be keeping them up at night. Like, please, God, just one of these teams lose. They. I'm praying Texas. Lo- I'm praying Texas just fumbles the bag. They cannot both win, man. This cannot happen. That's what the committee's got to be saying right now. Mm. Oh, just imagine an SEC list championship. Oh my gosh. I mean that it is... wouldn't be watched. It wouldn't be sold out. No. Oh my gosh. I, it would I, not. I wouldn't watch it. I'd that's shot. That would hurt you shot. No, I'm kidding. I would watch it. I'd I would watch, watch it. it. But, but it wouldn't be the same. Man. Let me get to my Alabama talk real quick. I ain't Go got ahead, much brother. to say. You you kinda hit the nails uh, in, you know, where I was gonna hit them. I mean, this team is Oh, good play to Denver. There you go. Um yeah, this team is, hey, they're cooking, man. And I don't want to sound like a broken record if you've been listening to the pod for the past few weeks, but, you know, I've been high on Milrow. I believed in his ability to improve throughout the season. And, man, he has become a weapon rather than just a player. They wanted him to be a point guard, and he's become more than just the point guard. He's becoming the star almost. And 
that's a big step. I didn't know if he would take that step. I, I didn't believe he would take that step this season. I put it on Twitter. I mean, this guy's going to be a legitimate Heisman candidate next season. His ability to change the game with his legs is Heisman level. It's Heisman level talent. He has Heisman level talent with his legs on top of the, you know, I mean, he, he misses. He's going to make a bad throw. He's gonna, it main, It's mainly bad reads, less than accuracy with him. It happens. He's gonna make a. He's, he might throw an interception a game. It happens with him. But man, he's got ridiculous deep ball accuracy. His timing's getting better. Like I said, some of the some of the decisions he makes are not gonna be perfect. It, it comes with the territory with a Jalen Milrow, and he's just gonna get better at that. You know, over the off season. So I could see that kind of being erased from his game if he keeps improving. He is very fun to watch when it comes to college football quarterbacks like watching him do what he did this weekend at Kentucky was like oh jeez man this guy right here this guy right here dude like dog I mean his past few weeks he's made some he's made I mean those defenses are not good no one's saying that Kentucky and LSU are the best defenses in the country even in the conference but I mean he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do to a bad defense and he's cooking them and all this does is instill confidence in him and instills confidence in the coaches and instills confidence in his teammates that, hey, we have a guy. Like, we have a guy that can win us game. Not just not just point guard us to a game, you know, assist us to a game. He can win you a game alone. Oh, Russ with the shovel pass there on third and seven. Wow, what a play. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I really got to say is Jalen Milrow is the sole reason – this team is as hot as it is right now, and that's nothing to take away from this elite defense. This defense is awesome, but a good defense, a great defense, is not much when you don't got a quarterback that can put points on the board. And exactly when Milrose doing what he's doing, I mean, I'm not saying they're the best offense, but they have they have a, they've hit a little a, another level, and that level, you know, that they, they were not good on offense, and now they are to a level where. With this defense and the best version of this offense, it's a championship team in my opinion. So, I mean, it's it's about consistency now. Can they keep this thing up? I know they got Chattanooga. Yeah, that's all, yeah. you got to be consistent throughout these next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Chattanooga this week, which you know, get caught sleepwalking. Brett... <laughs> never, <laughs> never. If we let up a point in the first quarter against this team, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna call Nick Saban myself. Be like, what the hell? What the hell is this? What are we doing? But no, I mean, I think this is. I think we have a championship caliber team. Finally, um, the biggest test of the season is going to be Georgia. That's going to be because that's one. That's going to be one game that turns college football on top, uh, upside down for sure. Hey, Chattanooga seven and three, bro. Quietly seven. And three. Ooh, 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 ooh. congratulations, seven and three. Hey, bro. Hey, their only losses. <laughs> okay. Their only losses are to North Alabama, mm-hmm. West Carolina, and Furman. Mm-hmm. Are these like D2, D3 teams? Like, what are these? This is the Southern Conference. Uh, no, I think this is. This is like, how much are we. My, my question is, how much is Bama playing the school to come to Tuscaloosa and get their, like, just. Like, they're. Uh, yeah. I'll just, just get wrecked. Here, just to let you know, they're in the same conference as the Citadel. So, dude, oh my god, this is D two. This is D two. Yes. Oh, dude. Wait. I imagine. Oh no, no, no. It, it's Division One, Two A. 
Division one, two A. We had the we got two A. What's one A? I didn't know we had a two A. I didn't know we had those. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. The, okay, so the SWAC in like uh Big South. Okay, this is kind of how they Ivy League. So yeah, it's 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 D one. This is how they kind of get those basketball teams. No, nah, no, nah, that's just D. That's just that's crappy D two. It's hey, bro. What are you talking about? Oh God, these teams are bad. Okay, exactly. My my point's been taken. Portland State's D one. I didn't know that. They got beat their beat down. You got put, you got put eighty one on by Oregon. <laughs> They're D one. Oh, Not after that game. There's Big South. I was about to say there's there's some good teams in there. Uh, Can you reclassify after one game? Because if I was Portland State, totally would reclassify after that Oregon game. It's time. It's, I would have yeah, been deuces, Bob. Yeah, get out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey CDM. What's who's the best Ivy League team this season? Go, Harvard. I just had it. I lost it. Oh, wow, that was a hell of a guess. That was a, uh, nice. Wait, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. That's true, man. Hey, Harvard number one, Yale two, Dartmouth, Brown. Uh, shocker. Harvard and Yale are the best two in Ivy League. Wow. They're the best two Ivy League schools. Hey, Columbia. Get Columbia out of here, bro. Two and seven. These guys are bums. These smart kids. Dude, that's, that's, hey. that's cheeks right there. Hey, get rid of the program. Put that money. In the, put the money in the education. I don't even know why you're doing this. You know, just keep baseball. Just keep baseball. <laughs> Fair. Hey, Princeton's in there. Hey, uh, four and five. Hey, keep playing baseball. Just keep. Playing yep. Baseball. Keep. It's what I keep. It's what I tell Vanderbilt fans. Yeah. Uh, just look. For, when I tell Vanderbilt, when Vanderbilt fans try to talk to me, I'm just like, ah, just wait till baseball season, man. <laughs> just. I was about to say, hey, they got a, a Kren, Kins, Kennesaw State uh, is the only FCS independent. Hey, keep playing baseball. Just just keep on playing. Keep playing baseball. Any uh, Ivy League team out there listening, keep playing baseball. Keep playing baseball. One of these teams, we're, this team we're about to talk about, we talked about their coach. Well, let's go talk about their new coach oh, and his God. beautiful and impressive post-game interview that inspired the hearts of everyone in America. Even so much so, or so much so that Jim Harbaugh was saying, this is America's football team now, CDM. Let's see what he had to say, Sharon Moore, post-game, after beating the Nittany Lions. To win on the road, in this environment, when there were doubts. Sharon, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. I love you, man. Oh. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Dude, he looks like an Ewok from Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, wait. And another thing. Get them fake-ass tears out of here, you cheater. Get out of here, you bum. I don't care. Cheaters don't deserve real tears. I'm this guy, right? I don't care, dude. I do not care. Don't care at all. No, I put it on. Twi- I put it on Twitter. I'll say it right now on the pod. Get those tears out of here. You're not worth it. No. Take you and your Ewok and get out of here. You're done. You're done. You know what? You're done. Yeah, I I, I disagree with you strongly. So you and the know. fact that you're hopping on this train is just disrespectful to college football. Shame on you, sir. Shame, Shame on me. Shame on me. Shame on you for liking cheaters. I never said I like cheaters, bro. 
All I gotta okay. say, bro. All I gotta say. Let's see. I had the tweet out here. Let me let me make sure I got my tweet correct here. Oh god! Please don't let it be my tweet. <laughs> We're pulling up history here. No. <laughs> All right. I got my. I got my two. I got my two tweets about Michigan game. Michigan with the dub, but they can. But can this is a question? But can they play like this against the Buckeyes and win? Not too sure. Still an impressive dub. But I also said, "Wow." Hashtag Michigan versus everybody after that post game with Sharon Moore. I spelled his. Did I spell his name wrong? No. I, oh man, maybe I didn't. Maybe I did either or. Sharon Moore. Exclamation point emoji. That emotion is what college football is all about. I didn't pick up on the fake tears, CDM. Did, did I? Am I just? Am I oblivious to to fake emotion? I, I see fakeness. I don't care. I don't care at all. Cheaters are going to cheat. I don't support cheaters. Nope, I don't. I do not. Nope. Congratulations, you beat Penn State. It's the best win of their season. Literally, it's the best win of their. It's the first ranked win of their season. Mm. It's first ranked win of their season. But since we're hopping in on this, we're going to talk about Michigan and Penn State. Um, you know, congratulations. Congratulations. They beat their first ranked team. They beat them. Congrats. Now, as you just said, are they going to be able to play against Ohio State with this head coach and beat them? My answer is no. I don't think so. I don't think that this head coach is going to know what to do when going in to uh, this big game against Ohio State. Yes, it is, and it is in Michigan. Um, yes, Jim Harbaugh can still coach during the week. So, uh, you know, he, they'll have a game plan, but it's all about can you execute that game plan when the day comes. And right now it's looking like Ohio State is on a very good run. Marvin Harrison Jr. is looking to be the best player in the country right now. Kyle, Mc Kyle McCord is looking to be a good quarterback for Ohio State right now. Their defense is outstanding. Their offense is outstanding. I mean, their running back room is insane. I mean, Henderson is a monster at the back, in the backfield. Absolute stud. <laughs> but I don't think it would be enough for them to really go and beat an Ohio State team like this, especially with everything that Ohio State's been told that they're not good enough, that they're not going to be able to really compete with teams like this. Um but at the end of the day, I mean, Michigan's got a dominant run game. Their offensive line is stellar right now. Um, but the biggest thing about this is, does James Franklin get fired or should he be fired from Penn State? Mm -hmm. Now, we've all seen the record for James Franklin when it comes to playing top five opponents. He's like one in 16 or two in 15. Bum. Oh, dude, it's bad. It's terrible. Fact of the matter is, he is 102 and 55 as a head coach overall, and he's one of six coaches to have a 61% average. So that's pretty good. That's really stellar overall. But when it comes to playing big teams, first off, your two rivals in Michigan and Ohio State, who you seemingly cannot beat, is very sad. Um, you're like one, can you, if you could pull up the stat, it's like one in 16 against top 15 opponents. He's only beat Ohio State like maybe three, like not even a handful of times he's beat Ohio State. Um, it's just he hasn't gotten over that hump of beating those two teams. And then, I mean, who knows? Usually they go undefeated and lose before they play those two teams. Usually they'll lose a game to like he, Iowa or somebody. He is now 4-16 and 16 combined against Michigan and Ohio State in his Nittany Lion tenure. 
while dropping to three and seventeen against AP top ten teams. Oh, dude, that is cheeks. It's terrible. It's awful. But I don't think he should be fired yet. I don't think he should be fired. Right. You have to remember, this dude did coach at Vanderbilt. This dude did lead Vanderbilt to winning seasons. If he can do it with Vanderbilt, he could definitely do it with Penn State, which he already has. He's won a Big Ten championship at ten and two. It seems it seems to me that ten and two is the only thing is like the only record that he can get to at this point. <laughs> that's, his, that's his ceiling, bro. That's his peak. I mean, that's his peak. Ten and two, right there. You're done. Um, I don't think he should be fired yet. I think you got to give him one more year, one more year with the team that he has right now to really surround Drew Aller with more skillful play at the wide receiver position he's already got two stud running backs behind him so running back room is good running backs fine as long as they don't enter the portal you'll be good defense and elite defense obviously i mean they only what they hold michigan like 25 points is really not that bad 27 Mm -hmm. points it's not that bad for a defense like that to give up 27 points um i feel like you got to give him one more year see if you can get drew aller somebody on the outside a couple of pieces to surround him with to really launch the ball downfield i think that once again they took the right direction of firing their offensive coordinator mm-hmm. i feel like this will really open up the offense as well because once again you have the next coming of you have a josh allen type player like throwing the ball so i mean you have to find ways to surround him with talent to make him a better player we've seen it in college we've seen it in the nfl you have to surround your supporting cast with better players to help your to help your chances of winning. And I mean, if you get if he can just get over the humps of beating Michigan, of beating Ohio State, in my opinion, the biggest one is Ohio State. He's got to yeah. beat Ohio State. Yeah. He's at least got to beat them. He can beat Michigan. He can. I know willingly. I've seen him do, and we've all seen him beat Michigan. We've seen him beat Michigan bad too. Yeah. We've seen Penn State be in top four rankings. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to be able to get over this hump of not beating your arch like your arch rivals. And that's like what Lane, that's what I keep saying about Lane Kiffin. Lane, Kiff, Lane Kiffin can't beat Nick Saban. James Franklin apparently can't beat Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day. I mean, he beat Urban Meyer one time off of a blocked field goal, and then they just that changed the game. Yeah. But you have to be able – I think you have to be give him one more year to try and surround his team with better talent and then maybe – just maybe it can happen, but if it doesn't work out, obviously you got a forty ounce bounce him out the door. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear, brother. I'm done. It's over. I understand. I understand. This guy's understand. got to go, bro. Like, dude is dude is not what everybody thought he was. Hey, listen, I respect the commitment from Penn State. There's not a lot of coaches that would be able to stick around with this kind of pedigree. Against good teams. Like, they would have gotten rid of him already. Respect it, Penn State. I understand y'all are committed to this guy and, you know, have loyalty. It's over. This is done. This is – it feels like there's only one coach in college football that could peak out at Vanderbilt at 9-3 and and also only peak out at 10-2. and I saw that on Twitter. Don't want to take that credit. But that's that's not good. You know, you go from Vanderbilt – to one of the most pristine colleges in the country, and you, you get one you get one more win, you get one more win, and one less loss. Hey, this is this is over, bro. This is this is over. This this yeah. this this is over for me at least. I hear you. You know, I, you ain't got to jump off ship yet, but for me, I'm not jumping off yet. 
I I hear you, man, but I'm done. I'm done watching this team do the same damn thing year after year. Year after year. Year after year. It's over. This is done. James Franklin's got to go. Penn State's got to go get a new guy. One of those guys just got fired. Hey, mate. Maybe a Jimbo Fisher. Maybe a Jimbo Fisher. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. I hate that. I wouldn't cheer for Penn State. <laughs> I can't stand Jimbo Fisher. If I saw him in a Penn State outfit, I'd cry. Oh, man. Jeez, you going to give up on your team, man? Your team. They're not even my team. I'd rather have Oregon over Penn State right now. Fair. Fair. Very fair. I don't know, man. I, I it's, It just feels like overstayed welcome. You're not waiting to – I mean, come on, bro. 3-17 and 17 against top 10 teams is – I'm not even talking about Ohio State and and Michigan. Those, those are very tough teams every single year. It's it's going to happen, you know. It was a long time before Michigan finally got Ohio State's number, you know, and they've done it back-to-back years. So, I, I'm not even holding that – it's the 3-17 and 17 against top 10 teams – they don't win the big games, bro. They don't even come close. And it's just like, no. that's that's the stickler for me. Like, come on. Come on, guys. It's time. It's time. I get it. I would love to see Drew Aller get another opportunity with him, but I also would love to see Drew Aller have a chance at winning a big game because James Franklin is not winning a big game in my lifetime. It's over. Especially with it's over. It's over for James Franklin. I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think after this season, they really sit down and think about what's going to be the future for this team. Because I want—I mean, once again, this team is good. We've all seen it for the past couple of years. The team is good. They just got to get over the hump. Yep. And the, if you can't get over the hump, then obviously things have to change, and that starts from the head coaching position. Facts. Facts. Couldn't have said it any better than myself. All right, CDM, let's keep this thing rolling. Rolling, rolling. Rolling, uh, rolling. Dan Lanning shuts down. Dan Lanning. Oh, wait, hold up. Yeah, Dan Lanning shuts down conjure, uh, words of him being the Texas a head coach. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it was that's stupid for people to think. Oregon's hell. That's a better program. What the? Oh, my gosh, dude. Ten times better program. Right? Come on. Nah. All right, let's but keep Speaking this. of Oregon, hey. the Pac-12, yeah. another cinema game, as Nathan would like to describe it. Nate, you start us off. We are talking about the Nathan's Washington Huskies yes. taking down the Utah Utes in another beautiful, beautiful game and another spectacular performance by the Washington offense, but not a very good performance by the Washington defense. Nathan, give me your opinion on how you felt about this game. Nah, no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to win this game. No oh, it's we now. It's we. Has it, it's been. It's been we. It's been we. It's been we. The it's all season. My bad. Hey, Sorry. No doubt in my mind, we're gonna win this game, bro. Utah. Hey, respect. Offense decided to play some football. I respect that. I like that. Hey, the pig farmer. He was ready. He came he out ready. there. Came out the pigsty, ready to go. <laughs> Got to give him credit for that. Hey, he's a dog. And he's actually pretty good at football. Like, he might transfer out and you know, get a good job somewhere. But, yeah, I'd be lying dude, if I'm, I was not. Sorry, in- sorry, I hate to cut you off, dude. I just saw this Broncos have the lead 22-21. Uh-uh, they're down, bro. Nah, 22-21. Oh, wait, yeah, I meant the Bills, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills. Yes. Um, 
I have a chance to win it though. Um, I would be lying though if I didn't say this defense is a concern. This defense is a major. Then look at that 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 miss P A T now, bro. That's where it comes to bite you in the ass. But yeah, it comes down for me. You know, like Washington is so elite on offense, and there's a couple teams in the country that have such elite offenses and terrible defenses. And Washington's defense is not absolutely atrociously bad. Like it's not good by any means. Like it's probably bottom mm. fifty. And here you go. I got you right here. Three hundred and eighty-six yards Jesus. given up on defense. That's a game. That's per game. That's per game. Three hundred and eighty-six yards. That's a joke, bro. What the heck? That's man? terror. That's awful. I mean, yeah, I was about to say. Let's see. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's. I mean, it's better than USC's defense. Don't get me wrong. It's way better than USC's defense, but not by much. Like three hundred and eighty-six yards is insane. You said three eighty-six. Yeah. And pretty much right where I thought. Right where I thought. Pretty much. Yep, they're in that bottom, you know, bottom 50 behind. Oh, yeah, they're like almost in the 70s. This is ridiculous, man. I mean, for an elite offense, I mean, as you said, I mean, it's kind of like Bama. For an, I mean, you, you can have an elite defense, but you have to have a quarterback that puts up the, puts up the points. Washington is the opposite, an elite offense, but you don't have a defense to get a stop. Like, no wonder you have to score – they average 41 points a game. No wonder you have to average 41 points a game because your defense can't stop people from scoring half the time. Jeez, LSU's defense is so bad, bro. Oh, it's atrocious. It's it's down there. 106, bro. Oh, my God. That is atrocious. Yeah, Southern Miss 112, at least we ain't that bad. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, it's... It's definitely the biggest concern for anyone that's you know likes Washington. Yeah, Washington number ninety nine. Yeah, there they are. And defense. Yes. Holy. Holy. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. But yeah, it's a concern. Major concern. I mean, they can score with anybody. So there's always they're always gonna have a chance to win. Like that, I just don't see them ever getting blown out this season. I don't know if that's a possibility anymore. No. Ah. Maybe if they face like a Georgia or somebody, but I mean like a regular season. No, I think I smell that. Wait, wait. Smell some, smell some revenge. Smell some, wait, wait. smell some ducks. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. Smell some ducks, dude. I don't know if they could smoke them, man. I, I think it. Ah, no, I mean, I mean, that defense is pretty good. Well, I think, I think we've all, th- I think we all think the same. Oregon has the best defense in the Pac-12. Yeah. Showed it in the bet. It showed it in that game when they played Washington, 33-36, Only held that de- only held that offense thirty thirty six points. Utah's defense, bro. And Utah's got a really good defense in the Pac twelve. Look what Oregon did. Yeah, I know. Oregon smoked that team. Oregon's way hotter than Washington, so I could. It's a possibility. I just think they can score with anybody. I don't think they'll lose by like by. 20 something points by anybody personally in Pac 12. I could say, like, I could, I could see the largest being I could like see a 17. double digit. I could see like a 14 point win, 10 point win. But back to the point, though, I mean, that's the biggest concern. You know, I, I, do I think they will win the Pac 12? I mean, I'm holding strong, but there's not a lot of, 
You know, a lot, not a lot of confidence in that pick anymore like I had, you know, in week four and five. You know, even after they beat Oregon, you know, there was a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, this team's, this team's winning it all. It's over. You know, this, team, mm-hmm. this team's got it. Pinnacle Have some concerns now? Slightly. You know, this defense is really bad, and they've had really bad days for the past few weeks. It's not just like a one-off, you know, this week with Utah. with a, Utah offense hasn't done, you know, much this season. They play a lot better with Barnes, but – um. But it's like consistent. There's multiple games now in in a row where the defense has gotten exposed. You know, Arizona had their way. Yeah. Arizona State had their way, and um, I'm interested. I'm interested. So, can they turn that around? If they do, I mean, I'm not even asking for a great defense or even a good defense. I'm talking mediocre. I'm talking okay defense. You know, you know, allow about three fifty instead of you know. 400 to three, whatever you said it was. 386. Yeah. yeah. Give me, give me 325. Not even that. Like, give me 350 and maybe we'll be talking, you know? So, um, I'm intrigued. I'm still holding strong on them, though. CDM, what are your thoughts on Washington? I mean, you kind of took the words right out, hit the, you put the nail on the coffin for me. It's just this defense is the biggest concern. As you said, you know, you can score. I mean, they outscore anybody else in the country. But can they get the stop when they absolutely need it? When they need a crunch time, it's in crunch time moment, and they need a stop. Can they get it? The defense is the biggest concern for me. And I'm telling you, when they play Oregon again, because they are going to play Oregon again, when they play, it's going to be a different game. Mm -hmm. Oregon is going to win because Oregon is going to expose the defense. I mean, Bo Nix right now is playing on a different level. Michael Penix and him are both right there with each other. But this this defense is not going to be able to contain a Georgia offense. It's not going to be able. Like I'm telling you, Marvin Harrison Jr. plays against Washington on Saturday. So it's a fest, dude. Eating, eating. If Marvin Harrison Jr. would do to the secondary, it's insane. Um. Once again, offense is playing good. Michael Penix is still playing at a Heisman level. It's the defense needs to figure out what needs to be done. I don't know what adjustments need to be done. I don't know what personnel you need to have out there to make this defense look legit to the rest of the country. But right now, you're just an offensive powerhouse to me. Yes, and I, and I love offense. Don't get me wrong. This team deserves to be undefeated, deserves to be in the top five. But if they are to make a legit shot – they need to up they need to up this defensive play. This defensive play is not good. I mean, 386 giving up close to 200 yards rushing a game. I mean, that's not good at all. That's terrible. No. And so, I mean, that's all I really had to say is that's my that was all I really wanted to talk about is the defense. It's the big it's it's a big flight risk for everybody on this team cuz it's like that's the that's the group that's going to make or break your season. I don't even worry about the offense. I would love to talk about the offense, but there's really not much to talk about because they're just that good. You have that guy. You have the guy in Michael Penix that just wraps that whole offense together. The defense is just the biggest concern. Oh, it's the scariest thing. Flag. Yes. Uh, Field goal uh, range. Oh my god. <laughs> the Broncos are gonna beat the Bills, bro. Shut up! Shut up, dude. No, Will Lutz can totally miss this. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't I think it's gonna touch here, bro. Oh, Jerry Judy got him off the bat, too. Yeah, if Russ hits him in stride, that's a touch. Oh, dude. Oh, if he just hits him in stride, it's done. It's a game. It's a horrible pass, but you'll take the flag. Dude, he's out, his pat, his like passing yards this game has been like 3.4 yards a pass. Been atrocious. Hey, you take but it. back to back to what I was saying, you know, 
they need to figure out the defense if they're going to be a legit chance, if they're going to have a legit chance to beat Oregon again and to make a, and to be in the playoffs. Because the teams in the playoffs right now all have defenses. They all have their squads on offense and defense. They're all motoring on the same level with each other. But Washington needs to figure out how to be balanced on both sides of the ball. And if they don't figure it out, it's not going to be pretty when they have to play an Oregon team or they have to go into a playoff game and just get boat raced by another team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. This team is one of the most, you know, unpredictable squads. They re- If they could just turn it around defense, they could really make a run at this thing. So we'll see. Can the Huskies find some defense as that offense keeps on humming? All right, CDM. How about we keep on rolling to that other Big Ten team that just keeps on winning? They keep on beating down opponents as they beat down on the Spartans. That team, rough without Mel Tucker. And he, he got caught up in some stuff we ain't going to talk about. We'll see what nah. happens on that end. But, man, there's there's really one one question, CDM. Ohio State wins, whatever. The real question is, it's right here on the on the ticker right here. No, on the lower third. Left. Uh, yeah, we don't even really need to talk about Ohio State. We yeah. just talk about this guy. I'm totally fine with it. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. the most talented college football player that we have ever seen? I'm just talking us. You know, obviously there's players in the 40s that these old heads are going to be like, oh, most talented player I've ever seen. Uh, that was the most talented player I've ever seen. CDM. I'm not. I'm not asking best. I'm not asking. You know, the numbers, the Heisman's. I'm not asking that. I'm saying eye test production. Is this the most talented player that we have ever seen in college football? Mm, man, let's see. We've seen a lot. We've seen a lot. We've seen Same Percy lot. Harvin. Mm. We've seen Percy Harvin. We've seen Kyle Pitts do what he had to mm. do. We've seen Lamar Jackson mm. do what he had to do. Johnny uh, Menzel. I mean, Devontae yeah. Smith to what he did his, no. his Heisman year. Um, we've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. But in recent history, I've never seen a very – I never got to really see Calvin Johnson play. I was like three years old, four years old when he got drafted. But this guy right here, Marvin Harrison Jr., is the best athlete that I've seen play the game of football. And at wide receiver, I will say at wide receiver, he is the most talented player in the country. Brock is right behind him because Brock Bowers, once again, you put him in that conversation with being one of the most in, if not – most talented player in college football him and marvin harrison jr are there but mhj dude amazing absolutely you don't even have to look at his name his name is his name's not even his name's not even relevant just second dude just second oh my gosh all right here we go down to 15 14 13 i might be behind 12 11 10 9 8 he missed it did he miss it oh my god he uh, he missed it there's a flag oh my god there's a flag there's a flag. Was it? Did he jump over the? Did he jump over the line? Yes. Is leverage? Yes. Lev- oh, too many men on the field! Oh, dude, the Bills are giving them this game. Oh my gosh! Twelve men on the field, bro. Podcast. I'm so sorry, dog. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. They're counting them. 
That's clearly 12, bro. And the guy in the back. Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. They gave Will Lutz a second shot at this. Try your best not to react. You're a little ahead of me. Four seconds left on the game clock. Will the Broncos get the six-game-winning field goal kick of this week? Money. Let's go. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's freaking ride. Bill suck. Josh Allen's overrated. Bill suck. Josh Allen's overrated. Fins up, baby. Dolphins are the best in the AFC East. <laughs> That's exactly what I just did. Um, what are we talking about? Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. Absolute unit. Absolute stud. He is in the Heisman conversation right now. And I've been getting arguments with people on Twitter saying that Malik Neighbors is better than Marvin Harrison Jr. Season-wise, season-wise. Those are stupid people. Yeah, well, they're LSU fans, Nate, but at least you're a humbled one. Stupid ass. Season-wise, he is having a better season than than Marvin Harrison Jr. Career-wise, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a freak of nature. So, do you think – okay, so C.J. Stroud's pro day last year, right? Okay, you remember that? All 32 teams are there, right? Okay. Okay, they're all salivating. They're all drooling over what they're seeing out of C.J. Stroud. Then they see who he's throwing the ball to, and he's not throwing to these guys that the like that the NFL scouts bring with. No, he's throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. And do you think they were looking at C.J. Stroud? Absolutely, they were. But where do you think their eyes were mostly at for this at, last year? They were looking at the man that they are looking to draft at the second overall pick. They're looking at the man catching the ball from C.J. Stroud, and that was Marvin Harrison. I mean. Half the people at the combine, I mean, he I mean, he's he was only a junior. I mean, he was only a sophomore last year. He couldn't get drafted. But I mean, you come out during the pro day and you just throw and you just run routes in front of all these people. I mean, all these scouts and all these coaches, you're getting looked at already, man. CJ, I mean, CJ Stroud, yes, helped his production last year. But, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., he has all the measurables to be a freak of nature. He has the wingspan. He has the height, the weight, the hands, the route. I mean, he is dominant at the position right now. It's insane. I mean, he's may not have he may not be having the season that everybody thought he was going to have. But if you look at what he did last game against Michigan State, oh my God, dude, dude. he is unbelievably talented. Mm. I'm talking about that. I think it was the first or second touchdown pass. Kyle McCord threw first off. Kyle McCord threw a beautiful ball. Okay, hit him right here, and t- Marvin Harrison just toe tapped. One toe inbounds, touchdown, um, rushing touchdown. He had four touchdowns on the day or three touchdowns on the day. He is an absolute unit. So, yes, I do think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player, is the most talented player in college football, and vice versa with Jaden Daniels. Without Marvin Harrison Jr. on this Ohio State team, I don't really think they're competitive. I mean, I feel like that's a factual thing that I'm saying right now, that if he is not on that team – then Ohio State probably isn't a big threat to what most people think they are right now. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. changes the whole narrative. He's kind of like a Tyree Kill, but in college. He, he makes you change your whole defensive scheme because they move him around the field so much. Not They don't really put him in the backfield. They don't really put him down tight, but they put him in the slot. They move him to the outside. They'll move him around just to confuse your defense. So, yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player or the most talented player in college football right now. Brock Bowers right behind him. Man, he is ridiculous, bro. 
It's insane. He is so freaking good at football. The stats that he put up this week, I mean, they're insane. Seven catches, 149, three tuds. I mean, that just speaks for itself. But, I mean, is is he the most talented player I've ever seen? I mean, he skill player-wise, without a doubt, in my opinion. Like, I didn't get to see Calvin Johnson play. You know, I didn't get to see, you know, some of these other players in the past get to play in college. So, um, like Larry Fitzgerald, never got to see him play, yeah, but look how he turned Larry, out. You know, I didn't get to see some of these guys that dominated in college. Um, you know, obviously the best receivers I've seen, you know, you could throw in, you know, the Devontae Smiths, the the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, the Odell Beckhams. The, I mean, those are just easy ones to name off when it comes to LSU Alabama teams. And, I mean, there's so many amazing receivers that we have seen and running backs and tight ends, you know, and quarterbacks. That's where I come to this crossroad. Most talented player. I got to be honest, if we're going talent-wise, in college, specifically college, there's only one person I think that you can put ahead of him. Yeah, Cam Newton, bro. Oh, Cam Newton. That's a good one. Unfreaking real in college, bro. That's a good one. That's he, a good one. He was unfreaking real, and that's the only player. Like, yeah, Joe Burrow had probably the best season of all time. How about Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck was one had some of the best seasons, but he never won a Heisman. You know, he got beat up by RG three. Lamar Jackson oh, yeah, gave us sure. some of the craziest moments of our life. You know, in college football. Johnny Manziel took the world by storm. Cam Newton was Superman. What he did to the LSU Tigers that season, what the comeback he made against Alabama, I mean. The national championship that he won against Oregon. Like, he was special. He was so freaking special. And then he almost, he also had one of the greatest NFL MVP seasons I've ever seen in my life, too. Oh, dude, I remember that. Oh. Like, I remember that, dude. He that that season, he, I've never seen a team more hated in my life than God. the Carolina Panthers that season. No one liked that team, bro. No one did. And I, 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 I'm a Saints fan. You know, that's my division. And there was a weird, that's a weird soft spot for Cam Newton. And you know, that's the only player. I can, you know, put in front of Marvin Harrison Jr. when it comes to most talented college football players I, my eyes, have ever seen. So, Oh, if we're going off of that, then mine would probably have to be like Percy Harvin, dude. Percy that was man special. was – that dude was electric. Oh, bro. what that about dude, uh, Tavon Austin? He was special. See, I would also say that as well. Like, once again, if you go to any – if you look up college football highlight reels, oh. it's just going to pull up. Tavon Austin's is the first pull up, but, oh, my God, dude, it's like the best highlight tape to ever watch. Yeah, that was – is is fun. There's a meme out there uh, of uh, this couple. is like, all right, I watched your movie. Now you got to watch mine. And the guy turns on Tavon Austin. <laughs> it's like – that's 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 it that's that's, that's a it. movie that's, that's a actual that should be a, a netflix documentary it's probably like a 30 minute movie bro of just 30 to 30 right you take it but uh yeah that's that's how, how i'm feeling though another thing to take away from marvin harrison jr on freaking real talent he is so dang good and he will be the second player probably off the board just because of who drafts there and man 
can't wait to see what he can do in the NFL. Man, I can't wait to see him and Caleb Williams play for the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah, there you go. Hey, hey like I'm that. still holding. I'm still holding on that the Carolina Panthers somehow trade back up to get their second overall pick back mm-hmm. and to get Marvin Harrison Jr. for Bryce Young. Oh, okay, okay. Well, hey, let's talk about a team that is just unfreaking real and just keeps on smacking teams, and we're not talking. Beatdowns. We're talking smacking teams. Talk about first degree murder. This is legitimate this is murder. You could be you could be tried and charged for what they did to Ole Miss this this weekend. Oh, dude, it was just bad. The Bulldogs. The Georgia Smack. Bulldogs. Smack the Rebels. And the one question comes that you have been saying since day one, CDM are they the are they the best team in the country? You know, sometimes I hate repeating myself, but I'm just going to do it again. They are and still are and still will be the best team in the country. Hey, you cut cut out there. Could you say it one more time? Last time I checked, (laughs) they won one and two. They won two back-to-back national championships. How are they not considered the number one team in the nation? They literally good question. Broke Nick. They bro- they literally broke Lane Kiffin. They broke him. They broke everybody on that Ole Miss team. They broke them. That defense didn't stand a chance. First off, I thought the offense would at least put up more than seventeen points. But guess what? When you're playing against the best team in the country. There's not much else that needs to be said. Georgia is the best team. Georgia has done everything. Uh, yes, they have done everything right, but also they have not done almost everything wrong to lose the spot. I mean, yes, they haven't looked perfect. Yes, they had struggled against a South Carolina team. They went toe-to-toe with – Mizzou went toe-to-toe with them, yes. Um, other teams went – other teams have surprised Georgia a little bit this season, but guess who always ends up coming out on top? The Georgia – Two-time defending champ, Bulldogs. They are not – I mean, they are the number one team. Until I see them have a one in their record, then they're still number one. No disrespect to Ohio State, but if I have Ohio State and Georgia playing Saturday, obviously I'm taking Georgia because Carson Beck right now is playing at an elite level. They got Brock back Saturday, didn't know he played, didn't know he was back, but guess what? He was He was already playing. So that's another great offensive piece to have back on that offense. Then you got Lad McConkey out here breaking ankles on routes. Yeah. I mean that. I mean that. I mean, dudes. I mean, dudes. The uh, Georgia version of Cooper Cup. I mean, dudes. Awesome. Dudes, insane. But no, Georgia has. Georgia is the number one team. They are dominating. They have. They keep on winning. They haven't lost a home game since 2019. That shows you anything. So I don't think anybody's going to come into Athens, Georgia. And say, hey, we're gonna take we're gonna take you down. Auburn almost did it. Auburn probably should have won that game, but it wasn't at home. It was on. It was at Auburn. So you know, Auburn was one of those teams that took them to the distance. But no, man. I mean, Ole Miss didn't really have a chance. That defense was terrible. We've all seen it happen. We've seen how crappy that defense can be time to time. And I mean, the offense just got blown out because that Georgia defense is so good. Until they have to play a legit team. Yep. Decent. Oh. In Atlanta, oh. oh, when they have to play a legit opponent, oh, the volunteers, the volunteers, they can, can be. <laughs> well, no, dude, that's just gonna no, nah, no. Nah. Georgia, Georgia's done nothing wrong. I don't really know what else I could say about it besides they are 
the number one team in the nation. No disrespect to Ohio State. Okay, they have the resume. They have they have it all. But Georgia is two-time defending national champs. I one I've n ne- I never saw Alabama get booted down from number one after winning a national championship the year prior. I never saw that. So it's really weird to me to see a two-time defending national champion in Georgia and Kirby Smart get dunked down from number one. I mean, that's un I mean, that's that's no I've never seen that happen. I never saw it during Alabama. I never seen it during LSU when that when they were a dominant force, never saw it with Florida. So why is it fair to do it to Georgia right now when they are just winning? They're getting the Alabama treatment that I always say that everybody knows what they're getting because they win. No one likes when people win, especially good teams. No one likes when Bama won, and that's why they got the Alabama treatment. That's why everybody hates us. But now that Georgia's get now Georgia's getting that same same type of treatment. And we just have to see what they do with that. I don't know if they use it. I don't know if they're going to use it as rat poison. I don't know if they're just going to use it as a confidence boost, but Georgia has done everything right to earn that number one spot. Do I want to see a three-peat? Absolutely not. I don't. But I have to give respect where respect is due. Amen. I got I got to turn to the dark side, bro. I think you're right. I think you are right that they are the best team in the country. What they did to the Rebels was absolutely mind-boggling. Yes, dark goes out, blah, blah, blah. It was over before then. Sorry, y'all. This this team is so talented, and it feels like they play their best in the biggest games. That is their biggest strength. It feels like, yeah, there's gonna be a couple games where like, oh, they're bad, they're they're falling off, they're not the same team they once were. But they always show up for the big ones. They've done it consistently. They did it against Missouri. They did it against um, Ole Miss, obviously. Over. You know, it's they show up in the big ones, and they're gonna be ready for those kinds of games. Yeah, they're gonna slip up. Every team slips up, but. Um, they haven't done it in a long time when it comes to losing a football game. And and I, I said it, I'm not going to pick against them, but I was still holding on hope that that Michigan is a better team. And Georgia's done nothing to say that they aren't. And, yeah, you can say the resume of, of Ohio State's the best and Michigan might look the best, whatever. I'm sorry. What I saw this weekend is the best team in the country with a really, really good quarterback as well, which I think that'll kind of lead us into. Hey, CBM. Is he- well, right, I got a game that caught my eye real fast. Can I get this out real fast? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My The game that caught my eye, Arizona versus Colorado. Arizona, dogs, dude. Absolute dogs. They are the best team, the best three-loss team in the country right now. They are good. To go into Boulder, Colorado and beat primetime, the last home game of the season. Send those seniors packing, crying. No disrespect to primetime, love love them, but I mean, you know, they fought. They have fallen off. Arizona is on the come up to do something special. Noah, what's his name? Noah Fiet, Fiete, Fieta, Fafita, Fafita, Fafita. Yeah, Noah Fafita, the true freshman dog, 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 absolute fire. <laughs> like I mean. I mean, that was the game that caught my eye. I didn't really have much to say about it. All I saw the I watched the highlights and Arizona, dude, they have a defense. They really do have a defense. They should probably they only should have like two losses. They should have beat USC in that overtime thriller. They really should have. That they should not have three losses, but you know, it happens. They probably shouldn't they should probably shouldn't even lost to um uh, Washington. They should have beat Washington too. But this team is gritty. This team is nice, and I really like them. But going into the top uh, Heisman watch. Hang on. Let me get my game out of the way. Oh, sorry. I, I, sorry, jumped, sorry. I jumped the gun. That was on me. Sorry. And now I'm jumping guns. Sorry. Hey, it's all good. 
<coughs> oh, Jesus. One game that caught my eye. I just choked on my own spit. That was fun. Um, the game Good God, are you dying? Yeah. Good God. I, 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 I've composed myself. I've composed myself. You're, you're crying. It, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. All right. The game that caught my eye. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. Oh, okay. I, I, I respect this. I respect this. This is only because of the single hand performance from the man himself. Pure dominance. JD5, Jaden Daniels came out and said, hey, I'm still in this Heisman candidacy. And man, oh man, did he perform at the highest level. 17 to 26, 372, three tuds, 14 yards of pass, zero interceptions, as well as 12 carries for 234 rushing yards, 20 yards a carry for two touchdowns. I mean, this is insanity to watch. 600 total yards by a single player. It's insane, bro. I've never seen, I don't know if I've ever seen a performance like that in college football. And Jay Daniels putting himself in one of the most, in that. We're talking about most talented. He is putting himself in that conversation when it comes to just unreal talent. We've seen it. We talked about it here in the pod. Like, we saw it at Arizona State. I don't know if we ever could have predicted this by any means. Did not at all. But (laughs) we knew that he could be good. And, man, he is a legend at this point. Oh, dude, this was a total shocker, bro. Because, as you just said, bro, we watched him as a true freshman at Arizona State carving up Oregon's defense. Yep. And now for him to come to LSU and just do this back-to-back years, mm. it's absolutely insane. Insane. Absolute star-studded talent. Uh, solidified. And I, you cannot joke me on this solidified first-round pick. I mean, solidified. Come on, right? That has to be, right? Like You have – like, he's got to be a first over, like not first overall, first-round pick. Like, he's got to be. He's unreal, man. And I didn't want to take too much time on that because there are some amazing players that deserve their – conversation and and teams that deserve their conversations but uh, when it comes to our top six teams and stuff i just wanted to give him his highlight on this pod because man that performance cannot be you know overshadowed or or not talked about he went insane oh mode sec like you said 600 total yards uh from Jaden daniels what a performance he's right back in that heisman conversation let's get into that Heisman conversation, as well as our top six teams and our playoff prediction CDM. How about you start us off for your top six teams this week? Top six teams. Okay, I'm gonna start from six to six to one, like always. Hey, yeah, number wait, six. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you. I'm gonna drop it right here. Oh yeah, drop it right here for me, real fast on our new little bar that we have. Boom. So as you see right here, as you see right here, I have Oregon at number six. Washington at number five, Florida State at number four, Michigan at number three, Ohio State at number two, and the two-time defending national champions at number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, You know, I think it's very fair, you know, Oregon and Washington being there. I think sooner or later that Oregon will jump Washington because Oregon has been more dominant than Washington has been at this moment. Mm-hmm. Florida State doing what they need to do to win games, you know, getting by, you know, going to win that conference no matter what. And then um, Michigan and Ohio State, you know, doing what they have to do. And then Georgia dominating at every point of the game. Um, without a, without Marvin Harrison, well, if Marvin Harrison was an Ohio State, Ohio State's probably not a top two team, honestly. Fair. And then um, Michigan, you know, 
they finally got their first big win. Now, yeah, that's all I got to say. They just got their first big win. <laughs> now, <Cheaters. laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's time to like you know, can you actually beat a very good team going in to that Ohio State game in two weeks? We will find out. But that is my top six teams. Hey, I like your top six teams, and you have swayed my opinion in a slight way. Let's take a look. Put them at one, baby. It's okay. Ain't nobody gonna judge you because you know what? You're right. You're right. I have changed. You're right. My ways. Absolutely. Yep. I've changed my ways. Number six, Oregon. They're sticking around for me there. Washington, number five. It's okay. Bama Until that Pac-12 champ. Eight. That's true. That is true. Number four, like you said, Florida State done nothing wrong. Ohio State at three. Michigan at two now, and the Georgia Bulldogs at number one. Say it with me, Nathan. The two time defending Natty champs. The two time undefeated. 27 straight wins. Fact check me on that. No, that's facts. Bulldogs. I thought it was. I was just pulling that one. That's facts. Yeah, they have 27 wins. Um, Insane. This team's unreal. And like you said, I mean, they haven't done anything to prove that they're not number one. I just had this weird feeling that Michigan was going to dominate this season. And and I had Ohio State coming into the season. Then I went to Michigan. And now I'm back right where it all started at Georgia. This team is ridiculous, and Carson Beck is playing at an elite, 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 elite level of football, and that has changed this team. I said it a couple weeks ago, even though Brock's already back, that you know maybe this losing Brock is good, you know, for uh, Carson Beck to maybe find some new guys and find a new tempo in this offense, as well as finding a run game. Hey, this offense was fine. Before and after Brock, and they're just so much better with him. So mm-hmm. there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This team is ridiculously talented, and they just, I'm big on the eye test, and they looked better than Michigan this week against both had, both, both had top 10 opponents. And Georgia curb stomped a whole miss. Michigan did what they had to do to get the dub. And I'm that's a difference. Don't say curb stomp because they did not. They did not. That team. So. Georgia, you've earned my respect. The Bulldogs at number one. All right, CDM, let's get into these Heisman watches. These names are long, so we're only going to show our three. So, CDM, give me your four and five, and then I'm going to show your three, two, and one. So, at four, I mean, at five, I have Carson Beck. Carson Beck's been playing some good ball lately. Been playing some, be playing at an elite level, getting the Georgia Bulldogs to where they need to be back, going to try and get that third repeat going on. At number four, I have the man, the myth, the legend who puts up 600 yards by himself because he's an absolute unit. I have JD5. I know at four, four, I know four is low. I know four is low. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate from that. I understand that. It's just the three losses are, I mean, it's three losses. You know, we've seen people, we've seen people with three losses, you know, Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow, um, RG3. We've seen other players do it. It's just the three losses that he's had are very, not, they're not pretty. You know, mm-hmm. first see at the beginning of the season, lose to Florida State. Florida State is ranked number four right now. Um, the Ole Miss game, that was just a terrible, terrible game on the defensive side of the ball for LSU because Jaden Daniels had to do it all that game. And then losing to Bama, the biggest game of the season so far for LSU, and Jaden Daniels gets out in that game. But those are my two, uh, those are my four, my five and my four. And now go ahead and show my one, two, and three. 
There you and are. here we have it right here, ladies and gentlemen. At number one, I have the man, the myth, the legend. Not no, no more of a Bo Picks. It is Bo, the man, the Knicks. Bo Knicks at number one. Michael Penix Jr. at number two. And Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, who easily could climb that board and make it to number one, which I have him. I had it, me and Nathan had him at the beginning of the season, winning the Heisman. And right now, dreams are looking very, very soon to come true. If it happens, I'm going to be... I'm going to be amazed. But Bo Nix at number one, just because he is falling. 30 touchdowns, two interceptions, 75% completion percentage. Dog. 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 You can't tell me. I mean, first off, where was this at Auburn? Obviously, Auburn didn't like him enough to surround him with talent or a defense. So, Bo Nix at number one, just because he's what he's been doing. Michael Penix at number two. Uh, still been balling, playing at a Heisman level, has looked to struggle a little bit just because Washington has struggled a little bit in these past couple of games. And then the freak of nature, Marvin Harrison Jr. himself, man, the man who just makes you want to change your whole defensive scheme the day you get to the stadium. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, but those are my top three right there. Hey, I hear that, brother, and I respect that a lot. I hear where you're coming from on your Heisman picks. For me, I'll start at number five. I'm going to join you on this Carson Beck hype train. He truly, quietly, with some bad games on the in the front end of these players, he might climb himself into this top three rankings. He has played great football all season, quietly great football. He has earned himself a top five ranking in my Heisman watch. Number four, the best player in the country. He keeps doing it, and now he's starting to put the numbers to you know the talent, and that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Unfreaking unfreaking real i mean there's not much more to say we've already talked about the guy he deserves it number four for marvin harrison jr now let me show you here my top three heisman watch and yes i have done it i have done it i have really i mean probably can't agree i mean you can't disagree with it it, hey you can't to a certain degree number one i have Jaden daniels he is the most impactful player in the country simply because LSU doesn't have as great of a team as Oregon when it comes to a defensive unit. And Washington is a similar-ish situation, but at least their defense is, like, not the worst. You know, they're not number 90 or 106. You know, they're 90-whatever. Um, so they're not great, but it's a similar situation where Jane Daniels is putting up way better numbers than Michael Penix Jr. and looking better while doing it. Bo Nix, I mean, you said it all. This guy, he's probably going to win the award because he's been un, un, just unfreaking real recently. So, like, if Bo Nix wins the Heisman, do we say that he's better than Justin Herbert was at, at Oregon? And that's a legit argument. That's a legit argument that you can make. If more Bo Nix, more if Bo Nix wins the Heisman. Did he have a better college career than Justin Herbert? And you can make the case, man. I really do. You can make the case because then, I mean, I mean, if you look at it, man, it's funny that Bo Nix did beat Justin Herbert his first start. He did as an as an Auburn um, as an circle. Auburn player, and then he transfers to Oregon, and now possibly wins the award for Oregon, something that Justin Herbert couldn't do. Full circle, bro. Full freaking circle, man. Full but, circle. Hey. And then the last but not least, Michael Penix Jr., he uh he had some misses in this game. 
that that really stung me the wrong way. He still made amazing plays when it was needed, but he had a lot of misses. Yeah, it was like 30-mile-per-hour win, so I get it. You're trying to slice that ball through the air, and you're just going to kind of overthrow a lot, but he overthrew a lot. And he just didn't have the Heisman performance he needed to have against Utah, even though they got the win strictly because of his arm once again. But, yep, that is my Heisman watch once again. College Kings Heisman watch. All right, CDM. Let's get this thing rolling and get out of here with our game picks after we do our updated college football playoff prediction. CDM, I'm about to lay yours out on the screen. Talk me through it. What you what you got here? What, what, what's the thought process here? At number one, I have Ohio State just because Bama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship and give them their first loss. But before anybody jumps into conclusions, Florida State at number two because they will go undefeated and they will win the ACC. Nobody in that division is going to even think about competing with them. So they win the ACC. Now we get to the nitty-gritty part because a lot of things need to happen for this to happen. But as I said before, nobody is not nobody is going to pay money to not go up, not go and watch a college football playoff game without the SEC. It's the SEC. You have to have them in. What better than having not one, but two? I know, right? It's crazy. Two of them. And Georgia being at number four is not bad. We get a number one Ohio State, a rematch from last year's playoffs against a number four Georgia Bulldogs. That would be fun. That'd be exciting. That's got game of the year written all over it again. Mm. And then you have Florida State versus Bama. Wax. Done. Oh, wow. Confidence. Done. Anybody else? I mean, okay, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. <laughs> but I think that Bama and Georgia both make the playoffs. Um, I think if Texas loses a game, they're out. Washington is going to lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. But this is the biggest thing that you have to look forward to is Michigan with a one loss. Michigan has a one loss. Okay, that's bad. Okay. Then you have Texas, who has a one loss right now. You have Washington, who would have a one loss. You have an Oregon that would have a one loss. You have to make a toss-up. You have to make a toss-up of who you want to be. So if we're going off a of strength of schedule, if we're going off of the strength of schedule, you have Alabama, who has beaten the number 17th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. You have them beating the number 14th-ranked uh, Ole Miss Rebels at home. So but at home against Tennessee, dub. At home against Ole Miss, dub. And then you have us beating LSU at home pretty convincingly. Pretty convincingly, in my opinion, two, position, two possessions is very big. That's a dub. Okay? We have the resume to do it. Georgia having a one loss. You have to put Georgia in if they lose this game. You have to. Yep. If Georgia loses this game, not by a lot, but convincingly loses this game, and Bama convincingly wins this game, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of Texas fans. I don't really care, dude. Texas is not good enough to make the playoffs because you know why they would get they they would get the shit beat out of them. I'm no, sorry. no Jonathan Brooks either now. Oh yeah, dude, they would get smoked. They would get absolutely. Tr- they would get curb stomped. That's Bama gonna, is the only Bama, Bama to me besides Washington and Oregon seems the on, one of the only good fits that you put in the playoffs. And if Georgia and Bama both have one loss. You got to put both of them in. So that's the reason I have both of them in there. It's also part of me being a homer, but it's also part of me and everybody else conceded in the country. Bama is the scariest team to play right now. Mm-hmm. Is the scariest one loss team to play. Yep. 
besides Oregon, in my opinion, Bama is the scariest team to play today. They are putting up points. Their offense is clicking. The defense is clicking. Everything around this team is looking good. So, in my opinion, if you have a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss Alabama and Bama wins the SEC, you got to put both of them in. No disrespect, you know, the committee is going to have – the committee is going to go crazy when they have to determine. But Kirk Herbstreit came out and said – if Bama wins the SEC and Texas wins the Big 12, they're going to put Texas in over Bama. I just don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. First off, I don't see you put, I don't see you booting Nick Saban out two years in a row. I don't see you booting Nick Saban out. It's tough, man. So tough. That's tough. I mean, it's tough. And if it happens, it happens. But the way that this team is playing, the way that both teams are playing right now, I think Bama and Georgia are two of the best teams in the co- in, in college football right now. They run the conferences right now. They both the defending champs on both sides at the moment. Um, but that's the reason. That's who I have. Um, it may not make a lot of sense to people, but it makes sense to me of why you would put both of them in, depending if you're looking at resumes and strength of schedule. Um, Michigan, I don't really think you would put Michigan in because of the only big win they have at the moment is Penn State. Mm-hmm. And if they lose to Ohio State and Ohio State goes they're undefeated, yeah, yeah, you're done. You're dead. Like you can't – there's no way. Dave Portnoy – can suck my big toe. The president of Barstool Sports can suck my big toe, first off, because he defends these bums. Okay, you're a bum on your own. And then you and then you don't beat Ohio State. So, I mean, you can't be in if you do that and your only big win is against Penn State. And then Florida State, they're just going to run through the ACC. It's just going to be done with. Yeah. But those are my teams. Hey. How about you, Nate? Let me see yours because I'm very intrigued to see who you have. This is what we're working with right here. I am going a full undefeated college football playoff. I think that is I that's never happened. happened. It has never happened, and I do believe it will happen. I want to join in the chaos. I really, really do. But the chaos leads only the only way the chaos in college football in the college football playoff. It all runs back to Alabama beating Georgia. And first things first, do I think it's possible? 110%. We might see a situation where whoever wins, you're going to look at that game and say, out of 10 times, it's five for five, you know? No, oh, yeah, it's ha- it's split down the middle. I would not be surprised if that's how that game kind of turns out, just because of how good play Alabama's playing. And, and it's Nick Saban. Like, come on. Nick Saban versus Kirby. Who doesn't want that? Like that's oh awesome. That's the rival. That's the best, that's the new rivalry of college ah, football. In the it's so amazing. It's always an amazing football game, and you know, I'm intrigued to see Georgia with championship experience face Nick Saban because we have not seen that yet. You know, they last time that last time they paid them. They weren't national champions, you know? They Well, yeah, but they did become national champions later that they, night. They did. They came yeah. – yeah, they became champs. But, but that team looks so – I mean, first off, it's the best defense in college football. Yeah. So, I mean, you had – like, it felt like a championship team. It felt like they were polished. And this Georgia team feels the same way, but this Bama team feels a little bit more different when it comes to playing this Georgia team. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit of half and half. Like, as you said, it's down the middle. Yep. Any team can win this whoever any given Saturday. Up, whoever shows up the, that day, you know, whoever shows up oh, already yeah. that day. And and I want to join in the chaos, but there's just a part of me that believes Georgia is going to find a freaking way late. And, and if Bama's got two losses, they're out. So um, that's yeah. where it all leads back to. Because if they win – if Bama wins, 
we will see a situation because I do think Texas might win the t- they might win the Big Twelve. Like I, with Quinn back, they might mm-hmm. win it. But like you said, I don't know. They they seem to struggle against TCU last week. It was it was an interesting one. I'm actually intrigued because Oklahoma State loses right big time. Like no, nah, that shouldn't even be. Oh, John Rice Plumley carved them up. Yeah, hey Mississippi boy representing. But I, I was I'm intrigued because. Right now we're right we're almost we're almost back to the Texas versus Oklahoma rematch. And if Texas is able to avenge that loss, man, like that's insane to think about. That looks But so if Oklahoma is able to do it again and Duh. knock them out, that'd be so then, bad. And if we win Yeah, I think y'all are both in because <laughs> cause they wouldn't put in they would put in they wouldn't put a one loss Oregon even if they or, or they wouldn't put a one-loss Washington if Oregon won. But see, like this Georgia. is the biggest, like it's the biggest thing. Like, like uh, once again, I was gonna say, join the chaos, dude. It's kind of fun. It's fun. It's kind of fun. Me and Nolan were talking about it on Sunday. Like, bro, if Bama wins, that's like they they destroy everything. Like the college football. Oh, it's football. over, dude. Like, uh, punch. Give me the punch here. I'll punch the ticket for them. Like, it's done. College football playoff committee will like literally be having aneurysms. Like, oh my god, we cannot put in Texas. Over these two teams, man. No, you can't, dude. You cannot put Texas in over Alabama if we oh, win the SEC. That's such a bad loss for y'all, man. Jeez. I mean, it is, really is, dude. It's not it a really bad is. loss in the sense like it's a bad team. It's a bad loss. Like that is the one team. I said it when I had this is the one team you cannot lose to, bro. God, it's such a tough loss for y'all. Yeah, it is. And that's the and that's the game that's gonna bite them in the ass when it comes to decision making, especially if we both win. If they if Bama and Texas both win their conferences, the committee, as you said, is just gonna blow their brains out. They're not gonna know what to do. It's gonna be because I mean it's either you piss off it's either you piss off Alabama fans or you piss off the whole state of Texas. Mm-hmm. You gotta pick your poison. I'm taking Texas, pick them. Hook him down, baby. Oh, oh, fighting words over there. Hey, hey, whatever happens, I'm excited because we're right at the end of it, man. And we are getting so close to seeing the reality of this college football playoff coming into fruition. That'll do it for us when it comes to playoff predictions as well as our Heisman and the top t- top six teams. All right, see you. It's a dressed elephant in the room, and I'm not talking about your Alabama Crimson Tide. We have a three-game lead still. In-game picks. CDM is the man still when it comes to who is the game picks leader at 41-24. and 24. I am sitting at 38-27. and 27. I went perfect last week, but CDM went 5-1. and one. So, this this it's, it's tough to make this comeback when CDM is near perfect, when I'm perfect. So, hey, one game a week, one game a week. I find a way to take this lead, so I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm just, I'm, I'm just that good, dog. Hey. What you don't know, what you don't know is I am the man when it comes to picking these games. I, I, I know it. I know it. I am the man, and I am I, I am him. I am him. You I am legend. Very good. You are doing very good. So um, right, let's let's take a look. I'm very shocked. I'm very very shocked. Hey, fair. Hey, hey, don't don't hold that to. to hey, you're doing good, man. 
You're doing good. Hey, man, there was at one point I was taking underdogs, and I was just like, ooh. Yeah, ooh. yeah I stopped taking those underdogs as much, too, when I got down pretty big. So, uh, Yeah, it all started when I picked against Georgia, and then I found <laughs> out you'd never pick against Georgia. Never, especially that team. I would pick that team. All right. Hey. Yeah, I don't know why we would do that. Luckily, I was smart last week and yeah, didn't pick Smart on man, that. smart man. But getting into these game predictions. Look at these ooh, game picks here. Ooh. We got some massive, interesting games. They're the games where – I mean, you get three pick'em games out of six here, you know, with Louisville, Miami, Utah, Arizona, and Washington, uh, Oregon State, all pick'ems pretty much at this point. Obviously, those might change. And then you got some games where some spreads are interesting. So we're going to start this one off CDM with Louisville traveling out there to Miami to face those Canes that their season is highlighted by one terrible moment and they're not a horrible football team. They just, mm. they lost a bad game, man, but they, Louisville, they, they screwed up big. Time. Hey man, what about Louisville though, bro? Dude, they are confused. Like I texted you this a couple days ago, bro. They are confusing as all get out, man. Most like they are team. the most consistent, but also the most inconsistent team I've ever seen because they'll, they'll like find a way to just look terrible in the first half go down, score a couple times, and still find a way to win the game. Like, they are confusing. They're in, they're an interesting team. They're a very interesting team. How did they Because, I mean, they the only pit, have one bro. loss. They're good. They're going to be in the top ten after this week. How did they lose to Pitt, bro? <laughs> after you beating know, Notre Dame. You beat Notre well, – yeah, you beat Notre Dame, and then you go and you lose to, like, two and seven Pittsburgh. Like that makes no sense to me at all. And then you go on and beat these other teams. You beat have they did they beat Clemson? Uh they haven't played, did they haven't played yet. No, they don't play this season. Miami oh, okay. Kentucky to finish the season. Oh, dude, they're gonna beat Kentucky. This team they're interesting, man. Like you said, they're we very interesting. About it. They're it's the just most so hard. Like, I mean, team. It's a very – I, I, I was watching them play – I stuttered. I just had an aneurysm. Sorry, guys. Um, I watched them play against Virginia, and at one point they were down a possession. And it was going into – it was going into like the last few minutes of the fourth quarter, and I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. They're going to find a way to let two and seven or three and seven Virginia beat them. And then, lo and behold, they just flipped a switch and looked like a football team. And all of a sudden they won the game. So speaking of that, I'm taking Louisville in this game. Um, I, I'm I'm sticking with them. I like it. I like the weirdness they bring to this uh, this game. So I'm taking Louisville with uh, 38-14. All right, all right. nice beat down. Okay, you don't, you don't think it's a pick them at all? I understand. No, no, no. I I've learned my ways of, with Miami, and uh, I think we both learned our ways with Miami. Fair. Never taking Miami again. Hey, fair. Very fair point. I can't I can't hold that against you by any means. But I think we get a little bit of a better game. This is classic Miami keep it close and blow it at the end type of a game. It feels like Louisville yeah. Louisville will play great game play a great have a I'm stuttering now. They will have a great game plan to counter whatever Miami's got. I believe that this Louisville team is very well coached and the plumber has arrived. He has arrived. He's he's here to unclog any clogs he got over here. So, um, hey, Louisville, Louisville gets the job done and wins twenty seven to twenty three. That is a one point spread, by the way. I said pick them, so um, that is 
pretty much a pick em, so it pretty much is a pick me one dude yeah. oh my gosh yeah that's just that's you're not making any money off of that game so nope hey let's go to a game that you could make a lot of money off of because this spread in is the insane. acc hey acc matchup got the north carolina tar heels facing off against those clemson tigers that's hey are you buying stock cdm and those clemson tigers honestly you want to hear me I'm buying stock in this game. Okay. I'm buying stock in this game. I'm buying the stock. Clemson Tigers are going to win this game. OT, 45-42. Game winning field. Dang, a game of the year candidate. Is that that, that what you're thinking? Hey, man. Hey, man. I may may have laughed when he said buy stock in Clemson because I just thought it was a total joke because they (laughs) look like absolute dog piss. (laughs) But at the end of the day – I mean, they have been playing some decent ball these couple of games. They look good. They have. And North Carolina, North Carolina always finds a way to just go into overtime and either win it or lose it. And I feel like they've been in the most overtime games this this season compared to any other team. Fair. <laughs> so I'm taking Clemson. I think Clemson can get it done 45-42 in overtime. I'm buying stock, and I'm going to be happy with it. Hey, I hear you, bro. I understand where you're coming from, bro. Yeah, I mean, two back-to-back good wins for Clemson. It's hard not to kind of jump on this, you know, this this stock train that you know Dabo has easily created all by himself. Um, yeah, I mean, he's awesome, right? You know, talking smack to kids on the radio and um, <laughs> all that fun jazz. Yeah. If you want to come coach over here, then come sign an application. <laughs> Dabo don't care. Damn, oh, dude. Dang it. dang it, Nathan. I was doing so good. You doing were so doing so – we were both doing – I didn't even say it. No. What's wrong with you? I need to wash my wash mouth. Wash your mouth out with soap now. Yeah. Shame on you. You're right. You got to bleep that out now. So. Yeah. But Dabba really does not give that. You know, he does not. Doesn't and, give a crap. There nope, we go. How about that? There you go. And um, But that's not enough for me. I think this is an amazing game if you're betting – to take those Tar Heels and get the job done. This would be a perfect way to keep, you know, Mac in that head coaching position for at least another year because why not? And Bro, he's old. He's old. He's old. And he's old cannot, as dirt. They cannot win the games that they should win, and they win like the Like the dirt outside right now, that's younger than Mac Brown is. <laughs> it's fair. He's a national championship coach. I'm pretty sure he was around when Jesus walked the earth. All right, jeez, <laughs> jeez, man's old as dirt. He's definitely old. And hey, he, but he's winning. Hey, he's winning. He's so, gonna you know, get the job done. That old man. He's winning. So he's gonna know. win on old man strength. Give me the Tar Heels in this one. Tar Heels, okay. thirty-one to twenty-seven. Great game. Great game. Great game. Great game. Yep. Great game. But now moving it over to the Big Twelve, we have the state of Kansas going at it. We got Kansas State. At the Jayhawks, Kansas, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be a good game. Kansas has been Kansas State just blew the brakes off a of team last week, yes. just killed them. Kansas with impressive wins this season, one of them being Oklahoma Sooners. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into this game because you know I feel like it's got Big Twelve championship implications for Kansas State more on it than Kansas. Yep. Well, I don't know. I mean, Kansas could make the Big Twelve championship if they can if they play the cards right. Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, Kansas is pretty much out of this thing, but Kansas State. But Kansas State could, is still in it, right? Yes. 
Okay, yeah. So Kansas State, I mean, they have to win this game to really go back and defend their Big 12 title. Once again, I don't think a lot of people re- for I don't think a lot of people realize that Kansas State is the defending Big 12 champs. So, give me the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, I don't know if that's their name. I hope that's their that name. Yeah, this. the Wildcats. Yeah. Give me them winning 31 to 21. I feel like they're going to get the job done. Um it's going to be a game. It's going to be a fun game. I don't feel like it's going to be what they did against Texas or what Kansas did against Oklahoma. I feel like it's going to go down to the nitty gritty, but Kansas State ultimately runs away with it. Ten points. Yeah, point spread exactly the same, and Victor is the same here. Kansas State is putting up points, so I think they put up points once again here. Eight and a half, give me that cover. I am going with the Kansas State Wildcats as well. 41 to 31. Mm, All right. Nice. Yes, sir. Dear God, dude, you got them putting up some points. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, dude, they're putting up crazy points. 45, 42, 30, 40, wait, 45, 42, 27, 44, 21, 38, 41, 41, 30, 59. This team puts up oh, points. I mean, they should, I mean, they should have beat Texas. And they should have beat Texas. And if should've they did, they'd be number one in the Big 12 right now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, one loss changed their entire season when they could have and should have won it if they played all four quarters instead of just in that third and a half quarter, you know, and beyond. But hey, mm. I got the Wildcats. I like that team. I like the team a lot. All right, let's go to the Pac-12 for another pickup matchup here. Love this. Love this game. I mean, this is if you're uh, first I things first. First things first. If you're not a Utah or Arizona fan, I strongly suggest if you're a college football fan that you turn this game on because it just this one feels like it's just going to be a good college football game. I'm not talking fifty to fifty. I'm talking to just a good college football game, competitive at its core. CD, I'll start us off with this one. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, like I said, fifty. Hey, this is a pickums game. You know, forty-five is the over/under. Literally. Literally, you're not making any money on this game. Vegas does not believe, or does believe, rather, I should say, that these teams are literally identical. Arizona's cooking right now. Arizona looks good. Utah looked really good last week. It's hard. It's really hard for me to not pick Utah after their offensive performance last week. But like you said early on, Arizona, Arizona's got a, they got a defense. No one's saying it's a little, you know the best, but. They got a pretty good defense. So, give me the Wildcats once again. Arizona Wildcats this time in the victory. 24-21 to in an absolute fun, just fun football game. I totally agree with you on that one. I'm taking Arizona, but I'm looking at this. Arizona's three losses. Yeah. First loss was Mississippi State. Yep. So, that's, that's pretty sad. I'm not yep. going to lie. It's it pretty is. sad. Their, their losses are not fun. Second loss against Washington. It's pretty it's a good it's a good loss, honestly. 31-24. It's not bad. And then what should have been a dub, but ended up ultimately being a loss was the overtime loss against USC. Yep. Other than that, this this team has been balling. This team has been on fire. If you just subtract if you could subtract the Mississippi State and the USC loss, this team is a one loss team. This team is looking to make a push for a Pac 12 championship, probably. Yes. Ultimately they cannot Super sad to super sad to see that because this team is super talented. Um, this team will be ready for years to come. This team will be a legit threat in the Big Twelve next come next season. 
when them and Utah both move to the Big 12. Yes. And Texas and Oklahoma will leave, so I honestly think that Utah and Arizona can both run that. But I'm taking Arizona. I like it a lot. I like their team. I like their quarterback. I like this team that they have. I like what they have going on for this team. So I'm taking Arizona with 35 to 28. All right. It's really sad they lost to Mississippi State. I forgot they played them. That is so sad. Totally forgot about that game. Mm, Man, that is just that. That's a bad loss. That's a very bad loss. And they put up. I mean, they're beating good teams too. Besides that, so hey. No, yeah. Good job. Good but moving job, on, Arizona. we are going into the SEC. Another Ooh. wild game. A weird 10-point spread, which I do not think it is even going to be close yeah. to being a 10-point spread. That is honestly blasphemous to Georgia. Um, but we also have a team that's coming off a very devastating loss in Tennessee when they just got you know their cheeks clapped by Mizzou. Mm. So I'll start this one off. Georgia going in to Neyland. Tennessee mm. to take on the volunteers. And guess what it's going to be? It's going to be, it's just going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> I've it. learned from my mistakes of not picking Georgia. So I'm taking the two-time defending champ, Georgia Bulldogs, to beat Tennessee volunteers with a score of 55 to 24. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be murder. It's going to be bad. It's hey, going to be bad. I respect your boldness here. By the way, Slippery slippery Rock's playing this weekend uh, in Division. Uh, <laughs> I saw the name. I had, to, I had to point it out. That's a hell of a name. Are they playing Vanderbilt? <laughs> no, no this, is, this is the FCS uh, playoffs, bro. Uh, oh my God! Is North Dakota is North Dakota well, in? Division Two, Division Two, my fault. Division two. North Dakota in it? Uh, let's see. I don't. Is South Dakota in it? Western. But I say it, they're usually always in, it, right? Grand Valley State. Uh, um, you know, sooner or later, Southern Miss will be able to play in that championship game. I guess you're right. Jeez. God, Alabama gets a cakewalk game. Gee. <laughs> Division two bombs, bro. All right. East Fiend's tripping out. Um I don't know what that is. FCS, it's it's saying Um I don't know. Alright, now it's tripping out. Um yeah, man. Th- this uh well, we're on the Tennessee game, right? Yep. Tennessee versus Georgia. I mean, this is obvious. Obviously, the Volunteers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, this is a this is a joke of a game. I feel like, like Gabe said, would agree. I feel like Gabe would agree as well, saying yes. that you know Tennessee will give them a little run, but at the end of the day, Georgia's just gonna it's, just I bet I just have a feeling it's gonna be very similar to the Ole Miss game early on. You're like, hey, Ole Miss, look the offense going, hey, and then Georgia's gonna lock in a Georgia's gonna lay the smack on them, yeah. bro. They might Tennessee might even score first, like Vandy did. You know, give some hope. You know, seven nothing. Like, oh, uh oh, uh oh, hey, we might have a game, and then it'll maybe just a pick six. Hey man. Maybe, maybe, you know, and then everything will go downhill from there. Give me the Bulldogs in another massive victory on my only real massive victory this weekend. We got a really good game. So 41 to 13, the Bulldogs. They're going to keep on rolling. All right. And now the game that is just so confusing 
because hey, wait, just for fun, I didn't put it on here because it's just game day, and I didn't realize it was gonna be game day. Who you got? App State, James Madison. James Madison. Me too. All right, let's get into this last one. Washington going to Oregon State. Actually going in as an underdog, a one-point underdog. Ridiculous. Makes no sense. How's the number five team in the nation an underdog? ESPN ESPN actually just bumped it up to two for Oregon State. (laughs) So it's no longer a pick-em game, bro. What in the Let's world? make. I mean, it, no matter what, dude. I'll just start it off right now. Washington's taking the dub. Yeah. Washington's going to win this game. It may not be the prettiest game that they've played, just like the majority of them after this Oregon game, <laughs> but they are going to get the job done. They will stay undefeated, and they will still go to a Pac-12 championship game. Wash. I don't think. I don't think any defense in the Pac-12 besides Oregon's defense is going to be able to compete or shut down this Washington offense. I don't really think any other defense can. It's unbelievable what this offense is capable of doing with all three wide receivers when they're all three healthy and you have Michael Penix throwing the ball. And then you have Johnson in the backfield racking up 200 yards to 150 yards a carry. He's so good. Another, I mean, there's, I mean, this, this offense is unbelievable. I mean, it's insane. So I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to take Washington win 45 to 31. 45. I still think – I still think it. I still think it could be a game. I still think it could be a game, but you know, I feel like Washington's just going to run away with it. Yeah, Oregon State's so interesting to me because they'll have games where it's like, oh, this this defense is great, and then last week, sixty three points. You know what the heck? They got an elite running back running game. That can can they control the clock is the real question. That's the one thing I am interested in this game. Can they control the clock? clock and keep Washington off the field that's a big ask that's a big ask can they stop them on defense too you know so yeah I don't believe that's the case even though I do like Oregon State's team and performance from last week even though it was against Stanford 63 points I'm on Washington and I'm not jumping off this ship until proven otherwise they're still undefeated baby give me the Huskies in this wild, wild pick game. I mean, come on. You're not making much one money anyways point. off of this one in the first place, too. It's, it's still pretty much a pick them, but, dude, come on. That's stupid. Let's give, be realistic. Let's, me, let's, let's be smart here and on. think, like, we're really going to put Washington as an underdog. Yeah, I'm not going to say this is not a team that needs adversity right now. I mean, they're undefeated. Yeah, but, they I mean, could – could light a little fire under them and be like, "Hey, man, I don't think we're gonna win." I think you might be right. This might this might light a nice little fire under them and you know give them a big victory. But I do think it's good. I hope good it's under the defense, game. bro. I hope it's not the oh, offense. Please, I hope it's the defense. Please, on please, defense, find a spark because uh, it's been bad. But I do believe it'll be a good game. George, I mean uh, Washington pulls it off a late kind of. Maybe Oregon State gets a touchdown to make it look better than it actually was. Give me Washington forty. To 34. All right. All right. Then that will cover up College Kings. Once again. Episode 12. Yes, sir. Man, brother, it's been, it's always fun getting on here every Monday. It's always an awesome time. I, I hate that it's coming to an end soon, but it's not going to be the end of College Kings. No. It's just going to be the end of football season. Yes. Trust me, we have so many college sports. We have so much to talk about, but yes. this is where the special things happen, dude. Um, you know, another great week of college football is coming up, getting to the closer end of it. 
and, you know, cherish every moment because, you know, moments like these are so special, especially when Alabama goes into Atlanta December 2nd and takes down Georgia. That's all I want to say. This guy over here. How to get out of my system one more time. One more time. Is that is... One more time. I can't say it to the dogs, dude. You want, you want to say it one to more time? Dogs. You want to say it one more time? December 2nd. <laughs> What has happened December 2nd, CDU? I can't say. I can't say what I was going to say in my head. Intrusive thoughts on this one. Alabama takes down the Georgia Bulldogs Mm. in Atlanta. Hey, come to find out. Come to find out. We're four and four. We're four and four in Atlanta. I think we're like three and oh in Crimson and something else. And why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, well, let's just wear white and let's just go do it right, man. Come on. Let's go. We got it. But thank you for always having me, sir. It's been an honor. It's hey, been a pleasure. Yes. Hey, CDM. All right. I like your shirt. Thanks. I like Woodstock. All right. I was there. Hey, that's pretty cool. CDM, give me your... Give me your favorite college football player of all time. Ooh. College best my favorite college football player of all time. Yes. Part of me wants to say Tua, but I said that last one. Even though he is my favorite player, I can't say that. Favorite overall player. Mm, man, there have been so there's been so much good talent, man. It's been so crazy, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. That's a Derrick good one, Henry. That's a good one. That's a that's a dominant force right there, dude. <laughs> that is a dominant force. Don't worry. I almost uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I almost said Joe Burrow. He that season that Joe had, dude, was probably my favorite season a quarterback's ever had. That was, was just awesome. It was fun to watch. That was best season. It was fun to watch. Seen. But Derek Henry, now Nathan, who is your favorite overall college football player? Ah, <sighs> it's impossible for me to not say Joe. So I'm probably gonna say Joe, and then like an alternative to that would be, oh, Jaden Daniels is pretty fun to watch. <laughs> ah, it's just it's too soon right too now. Soon, it's too soon, right? Too, too I probably have to say, oh, remember we've watched a lot of college. That's what football. I'm saying. Like I, I want to pick someone that. Like I went Derrick Henry just because how dominant that dude was. I mean, that was that was dude. pretty fun. He was pretty fun to watch. He was pretty fun to watch. Could say Lenny. Len, uh, he had he had some highs. He had some highs. That's for sure. He had some lows too. <laughs> that's uh, that's that, that's what I was thinking about. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you know what? I want to go with defensive player too, though. See, I thought about so many. I thought about some defensive players, dude. I really did. Mm. Mm. Dang, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. If I was going off a defensive player, my favorite defensive player that I've seen play college football that I just thought was just pure fun to watch was Chase Young at Ohio State. See, I was thinking, I was thinking Chase or the Bosa brothers. That's what I was thinking. Oh God, both of them. Yeah, that's yeah. That that's who I was. Oh, thinking. could just say all three of them. Could yeah, you could? I mean, two of them play on the same team now in the NFL. It's crazy. Crazy, isn't that crazy? What a trade! What a trade for the 49ers. What a steal! Oh my God! <laughs> what is what a steal? 
Dang. Hey, man. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Another good pod. Another, Another good, good pod. pod. All right. I think that'll do it for us. Let's get out of here. We're just Ladies and gentlemen. Anymore. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll have a great night. Have fun editing this out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have fun, have fun taking us. this. Follow, follow us. us. Instagram. Don't go look at my Twitter, but you can if you want. Go follow his. Go follow Beater his. Beauty discretion is not advised. And also, down at the bottom, you can find College King. Look at that. Yes. It's in there. On Apple Music and Spotify, and we're still working on TikTok coming soon to places near you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, and be safe. Peace. Peace.